For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. And evidence of the rip-off Republic makes the papers again this morning. They've only gone and broken down electricity prices and gas prices and compared us to the rest of Europe. And with regards to residential electricity prices, we are the dearest in Europe. We are. We are. They look at it per unit price for electricity. It's almost double the European average. And when you go from bottom to the top, Hungary has a unit rate of 9.2 cent per kilowatt hour. Uh, Ireland, so 9.2 at the bottom of the league table, the cheapest, Hungary, 9.2. Ireland, 49.9. So call it 50 cent per kilowatt hour. Germany is the second most expensive, then the UK, and it tapers all the way down then. Uh, to other countries across the European Union. The average in the EU is 28 cent per kilowatt hour, where 50 cent per kilowatt hour. So electricity prices here, the most expensive in Europe. It's, it's, um, it's just depressing beyond words, actually, but that's the way it is. I don't know what the story is as to why our energy and utility suppliers are just so greedy. But there you have it nonetheless. And unfortunately, without starting off on too negative um, a theme, as the fellow says, uninsured drivers are costing us a packet as well. They figure it's about 175 extra euro on your car insurance because there's been tens of thousands of claims made by people who've been crashed into by idiots who didn't have you know, any kind of car insurance at all. And then they claim off the Motor Insurance Bureau and you know how it works. So they're working it out this morning that with the 188,000 uninsured private vehicles on Irish roads last year, 188,000? And I know you could break it down and people have all sorts of different stories as to why they're driving uninsured. And I guess some of the time it's because they just literally don't have the moolah to pay for it. Uh, But on the other hand, then, they are saying in another paper in the mail today, the car insurance premiums are down by about 130 euro. I'd ignore the 130 euro. I think if you were to look at if there had been a reduction, it's minuscule. It's like about 5% the accurate figure. They looked at um, the first six months of, of last year comparing it to the year before and what have you. So about 5%. Lots from the... But it, one thing's for sure anyway, it's all up. I mean, it's just all bad news with regards to the cost of living in this country. And you wouldn't mind if it was the same everywhere, but it's not. We just have some sort of a greedy mentality. I don't get it. Uh, and of course, it's the punter has to pay at the end of the day. Loads from the courts this morning. You might remember a case that I've been keeping a very close eye on for quite a long time now. I remember talking about this at length, and I think it was probably uh, Barry Roach and um, Paul Byrne as well with Virgin Media and Barry Roach and the Irish Times have been covering it also. Liam Healan has a court report in the Echo this morning, though, relating to this. You know, the 93-year-old woman um, uh, who was knocked to the ground uh, by two men and dragged along the ground as she tried to hang on to her handbag. Her assailants then managed to pull it from her grasp and make off with the bag. Now, inside in the bag, of course, she had so many things that were important to her. It was the bag, there was 588 euro in cash, her purse, her bank cards, her driving license, her public service car, her house keys, her car keys, and her mobile phone, all robbed, all stolen. Now, you might be wondering why she had um, that kind of 588 euro in cash. Well, the reason was because she had gone to the post office in St. Luke's to get a double pension in advance of Christmas at the local post office. She was knocked to the ground, dragged along by the two attackers who robbed her. And it happened, uh, this is November of last year, at Charlemagne Terrace on Wellington Road. So that was before the courts again uh, yesterday, where you had a last-minute change of plea 
by two individuals, Damien Fitzgerald uh, from Fairhill and Damien Long from, from Mayfield. They had pleaded not guilty to robbing the 93-year-old. There was a jury to be sworn in, but at the last minute, uh, they apparently changed their plea uh, to guilty ones. So that continues before the courts, and that's the latest update. So that is a story that's been before court a number of times already. And then there's a bizarre story of a fella who uh, lost the rag up at a pub um, called the, uh, what was the name of the pub again? It was up on the north side. Oh yeah, it was the local, you know, the local bar on Military Hill. Um, the judge actually had to tell this fellow that you're going to e- end, e- end up either dead or in prison if you continue the way you're going. This is what the judge said to Warwick Freeman from the Glen. Uh, he uh, was being sentenced for assaulting a barman and causing damage at the local on Military Hill. Apparently, the court was told that it was a binge drinking episode and he was told he wasn't going to be served and he, to put it mildly, overreacted. He pulled the tap off the counter and apparently he threw it across the counter at the barman. He also picked up a stool and threw that, causing extensive damage. Now, what was very interesting about this is at some stage later, pals of his told him what he did and he dialed 999 And he told the guards, I think I'm the man you're looking for. Uh, So that was kind of interesting. He gave himself up. Now, the judge also referred to 13 previous public order convictions, which he said are clearly all alcohol related. So he's got to stop drinking. She suspended the sentence on condition that he pays 1,800 euro compensation within 12 months. Um, So hopefully this will be a life changing opportunity for the man to give up the drink because it has a bad reaction to him. But then there was the story. This is the story of a woman who is literally inside home, a mother of four, holding her one-year-old infant. It's another court report from Liam Healan, this time in the examiner. Um, so she's at home uh, holding her one-year-old infant um, and she's caught from behind by a burglar who chokes her with his arm and says to her, give us the keys, you have 10 seconds or we'll hurt you. So before the courts, this story uh, was outlined, this vicious burglary Two of the three men involved in it, a Jonathan Power and a Shane Purcell, will feign sentence tomorrow. Uh, she's a 27-year-old woman at home with her children, holding the one-year-old when they break into the house. Uh, imagine that, the shock and the trauma you would go through. Actually, shock and trauma makes the papers because in the Irish Times court reports in the High Court, there's a story of a boy who attended the scene of a traffic accident in which a school bus overturned into a ditch in Limerick. Uh, And through his mother, he sued Curtin Executive Travel Limited from County Limerick. They were operating the bus on behalf of Bus Erin. So he attended the scene of the traffic accident, um, 11-year-old Joe Gavin, and he witnessed the aftermath of the incident, where more than 30 students and two adults were taken to hospital. Amongst them, his sisters were among the injured. But he wasn't. He witnessed it. So he... um, sued and the court heard that the boy um, was so traumatised by it uh, that he went into nervous shock so it was a high court action that was settled yesterday for €20,000 now the 11 year old sued through his mother um, and uh, that was I thought that was very interesting because actually they updated the, the, the story at the end then by saying the court also heard that the boy himself was involved in a road accident in 2019 where the car in which he was a passenger was rear-ended and he settled an action for €26,000. So isn't that interesting? Um, if you didn't think you could, if you come across an accident like that or you witness a trauma, you go through the 
aftermath of an accident that that could result in a, in a high court settlement. And then um, a lot of these, of course, are investigated by members of Angarda Shikana, more and more, of course, who are leaving the force. And the GRA represents 12,500 frontline Gardaí. And there's a story in The Independent this morning uh, regarding their, um, uh, they're actually having a, uh, get together again now because they're up in County Mayo for the 45th annual conference but that's beside the point and uh, the reasons the top three reasons that were given like the Gardaí are quitting the force they're not retiring they're actually saying I don't want to do this anymore and the top three reasons apparently for resigning are bullying work-related stress and unfair treatment or discipline from management. So it's just not worth it for them anymore. And at the same time, the mail says that they are so overworked now, we don't have enough guards, and those that we do, of course, are vastly overworked, regardless of the criticism you might have uh, of guard, you're entitled to it. But what we really need is just lots more. But they're saying in the mail today that it sometimes can take up to months to respond to some 999 calls, months and that's because of the fact that they're so overworked in the force. But I, uh, we were chatting about this this morning before we came on the air because it was reading up on a drink driver who was caught in a trap. I don't mean that they set up a trap. He was actually in a trap, as in a horse and trap, a horse and cart. Uh, and it was early on a Sunday morning, apparently, and he was observed by members of Magardish Corner. A fellow called Danny Connors. He's above in County Donegal. He was before Letter County District Court. He was caught driving his horse and cart to go for cigarettes while three and a half times over the legal limit. And he's ordered now to do a safer driver course. I had always thought, and I'm completely wrong and stupid to think it, that you had to be behind the wheel of a mechanically propelled vehicle. But of course... You can be done for drink driving on a bicycle, can't you? So why wouldn't you be done for drink driving on a horse and cart? So he was, apparently, even when the guards tried to get him to stop, he wouldn't. He says, F off, I'm not stopping. He started shouting abuse of them. And he continued to clippity-clop along the road. But um, he also had previous charges for resisting arrest, obstructing a peace officer, and a lot of a few road traffic matters as well. Um, so he um, got a 250 euro uh, fine and a social driving course. Um, it's been adjourned for finalisation apparently until sometime in July, but this is a horse and cart. I mean, like I suppose anything that's moving on a road could be a sulky, it could be a horse and cart, it could be a, a push bike, and your langers, you'll be done for it, right? Yeah, it says um, the ruling is if you are cycling under the influence of alcohol or drugs to the point that you do not have proper control of your bike. Or in well, the horse this and case, was the weaving. horse and cart. But like, really, she should be arresting the horse as well, shouldn't he? I mean, the horse is making the cart go left and right. You know what I mean? After they, did he do a drug test in the horse? That's what I want to know. Could it be? Could, could be a Keen O'Connor, Athens 2004 job. I'm you glad know? you find a funny side to this because I'm sure there are other people don't that the horse and cart is going along weaves into oncoming traffic. That's ah, well, I know. Like I, to be honest, horse and carts on like I've I've seen horse and carts on, on dual carriageways. That stuff is frighteningly dangerous, but. Years, I mean, and years and look. years ago, the horses and carts on Cork roads, and certainly in the city, were very smart mm. um, because there was many of the draymen who worked for the breweries who went around delivering beer barrels and what have you to all of the pubs and had a pint in every one of them. <laughs> By the end of the day, they were full up to the gills and the horses knew the way home. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just uh, hold the reins, lean back, and then wait till you arrive at your destination. Home, Neddy, home. That's like um, that's like Tesla, isn't it? <laughs> self drive. You want to talk about self driving? Self drive horse. Yeah, yeah, autonomous heart oh car, horse. Oh my god! Will you stop? Anyway, um, also, it's interesting. People should note that students think that there is absolutely point, no point in the whole wide earthly world why they have to do homework, and I'm inclined to agree. I think it's a total waste of time. But they say. 
that it's very stressful. I'm not so sure about being stressful, but I'm a firm believer of people doing everything in school and going home and having nothing more to do. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely think so. Now, I suppose when it comes to you get towards your leaving cert kind of age and you're doing your big exams, that kind of stuff, that's yeah, fine. But like, then. you see kids in primary school, they're struggling over their Irish. Primary and their school is just all wrong. Just leave and go outside yeah. and, you know, and yeah. the, to be honest, I, I, I've had this conversation a lot of times. I think school generally in this country is far too academic. Like, you know, we, we should really be using things like transition year, making it mandatory and using it as an opportunity to teach you about, okay, if you have a teenage crisis pregnancy, what do you do? You know, if you run out of money, well, what do you do? That's you gonna, to get a mortgage, that's all changing now, to be absolutely honest with you. That's what the Junior Cert Sex Education curriculum is all about. And it's mm-hmm. coming in in September, right? And it's a story making the mail today saying that there is parents uh, who would be associated with the Catholic Secondary School Parents Association want to opt out of this new curriculum because they think it's gone way too far because it brings in issues regarding sexuality and transgenderism Mm. and they want to be out of this they want to be able to sign an opt-out letter I suppose everyone's entitled to opt out of something if they don't want to. Nobody should be sat down and lectured about something that they, they don't believe in. But certainly for for those vast majority of people who do want to do it, I think even things like, you know, how do you change a tire? Like, you should be do, you should do, your, you should do your theory test. You get your dad to How do to it. wire a plug. You but you see, the, prob- the problem is moms and dads are now working all day long to try and, because like, things are becoming way more expensive. Back before, you know, you used to be able to stay at home and teach her because you'd have stay-at-home dads and stay-at-home moms. That doesn't happen now because everyone having to go out and work so kids aren't like I mean uh, you know we were, we were taught how to wire a plug but there's lots of people I know who wouldn't know how to screw in a light bulb because like you don't know until you're shown you know you, you have to learn these things yourself so I think school is a great opportunity to do that I never taught a son or daughter how to wire a plug well, there you go then get on probably that should have that should be your first thing now when you go home but you, you don't, you, there's no point teaching somebody how to change a wheel there's no bloody wheel in the boot anymore now well now that's a different God, case I but you do but I just think you know at school they're like that that whole TY period there's so many things that you come out and you're like how do I do this let's put a you list know? together like, of things that should be taught in school or indeed even in the home that's a good one how yeah. to wire a plug some would suggest you should call an electrician and pay the 70 euro call out oh, what a waste of money <laughs> and do your do even how to how to service a car how to change the oil in your car something as simple as that would save you so much money in the long term yeah, that's you know okay I mean? so text on that guys text 0868104106 and just finally and I'll come back to whatever I can't get to now they're talking about the best biscuits for dunking uh, and the one that actually I remember doing this on the air this, sometime, some years ago and there was a row over it because Jaffa cakes are number one but Jaffa cakes are not a biscuit they're a cake Oh yeah, but yeah, apparently, officially, uh, that's there was EU court decided that wasn't it? Yeah, that, that's so not the most dunkable biscuit slash cake is the Jaffa cake, um, followed by a thing called the chocolate Libnitz. I have no oh, idea what Libnitz. that is. It's some kind of a biscuit. In third place, the bourbon cream, then shortbread, then the hobnob, then the chocolate digestive. But what does very badly is the plain digestive because the minute it hits the tea or the coffee. It just disintegrates. Uh. But apparently, for those of you who are going to start off Tuesday with some wacky info, um, the Jaffa cake can be dunked 116 times before it breaks. Probably because it's gelatin, though. It's a gelatin sponge. Like, it's not, it's not really a... Like, you know, again, <laughs> we're, we're, out, we're out of the realm of biscuits here, you know what I mean? Like, this is a very liberal... 
This is a very you know I, interpretation. Do you remember? Do you remember when you couldn't uh, look at a Jaffa cake without thinking about Roy Keane? Do you remember Roy Keane was inextricably linked with Jaffa cakes because there was the story going around at the time that they had loads of Jaffa cakes in the Manchester United changing room. So everyone used to think Roy Keane and had a picture of him with Jaffa cakes. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But the problem with Jaffa cakes is it's hard not to eat the entire packet. Well, I, I tend to I tend to be one of those people that you know like I'm really messy eater. So I like I'll pull the, the jelly bit out of the Jaffa cake yeah. and then I'll kick off all the chocolate and then I'm just left with the little orange jelly. Yeah, I understand. That yeah. that's a good way of doing it, but also they're a perfect size for putting the entire thing in in one. Yeah, the right? solar eclipse. Yeah, it's just gone, <laughs> just gone. Anyway, your thoughts on that? Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Winner of two golds at the Imro Radio Awards twenty twenty two. The Neil Prendeville Show on right. Cork's Red FM. Very quickly, Alan Gilton is down at Blackrock Castle Observatory. He's one of those that uh, watch things in the sky, and he joins me by the phone. Alan, good morning. Good morning, Neil. I just wanted to give you a quick bell because as the morning goes on, I'll, I'll run out of time. And I just sent some beautiful, I've sent beautiful photographs and done around Skibbereen overnight of the Aurora Borealis, the Northern Lights. What's the deal? Yeah, yeah so the Northern Lights are they're, they're beautiful at the moment. We don't normally get them this far south, um, but yeah. So they, they, they basically, when there's a, a large storm um, comes uh, ejects from the sun and comes our way, it hits our magnetic field. And creates these beautiful lights, both the North and South Pole, and um, makes our way down kind of the, the magnetic uh, fields of of our planet. Um, they don't normally come this far south. Uh, normally, they'd be closer to the Arctic Circle region. But when there's a particularly large storm comes from our sun, they can make our their way down this uh, this far south. Yeah, I know. Um, a few weeks back, they got the Northern Lights in the north, and even northwester yeah. on Donegal and Mayo. But what are I mean, if 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 Mary McCarthy saw them and photographed them and sent to me in Skib and Ballady Hob, will we get another yeah. look at it tonight? Uh, so we may well get an, uh, another look at it. it. It's weakening at the moment. So it was at its maximum um, a day or two ago, and it, it is weakening. You might get lucky. You might see it this evening. It's definitely worth a look. Um, but it is weakening. And um, the good news, however, Neil, is that we are entering the solar maximum period over the next year or two so there will be more of these storms we expect more of these type of storms Amazing. so um, this may not be the last one we see uh, this year okay. so for somebody that might want to have an old gawk at it tonight yep. what time or where do you look and do you have to be away from kind of uh, commercial light so ideally yes away from commercial light um, weather obviously hoping the weather is good then um, just look north so fi- find your north um, just after sundown um, or maybe even slightly later. What's that, um, about 9 o'clock nice then? 9, 10 o'clock? About 10 o'clock-ish. Um, 10, 11, uh, maybe if, you, if, you're, if you're a late owl up to the 11 or 12, you might see even more. I'm there. Um, I'm but there. The, darker, the darker, the better. I'm there, man. I'm front of the queue anytime after 10 o'clock tonight. Fair play to you, Alan. Yep. Thanks for the yep. update, my man. Appreciate it as Thanks, always. Sir. Mary sure. McCarthy is the woman who sent, sent the photographs. Mary, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you doing? Wow, is that a first time for you, or is it regular down around Skib and Ballady Hop? Never, ever, ever before have I seen it. Well, I was about, I'd say, 10 years of age. My uncle would be, have been very involved. He's a local fisherman, he said now, but he he introduced us to the Aurora Borealis, and he just put the interest into my head, mm. and from now on, I've my own little weather page, and I do the forecast for the local mizzen area. Good for you! You know, I just try and keep it because I usually met here and get it for Dublin all the That's time. That's the problem, yeah. Our monster. <laughs> your monster's so, massive, like. 
Exactly. So we really should do it in four little provinces again into into Munster, like because it's so big. So the time is different. So I found out that on my phone, on my weather friend, was saying, "Oh, there's going to be a big geomagnetic thing tonight." And I says, "Can we see it in Southern Ireland?" And he said, "Oh, geez, you can. Like, try, try." So. I went up to the... I was hanging out the Vlux window with the... Ca- I have only an iPhone, like, just a dog standard thing. And I said, I'll take... Now, I couldn't see a bit. It was black sky, stars. Now, I could see there was something going on, but you had no colour whatsoever. Yeah, but the, the, one of the additions for you is that you have no light around you. You're out in the middle of Absolutely, the country. yes. Oh, it was the most beautiful night. The stars, the plough, everything was there. So you looked north towards North Pole and... I took one picture and I could see kind of a green at the start of it. And then I said, geez, there's something there. So I'm good friends with Carla Weather, lads, Alan O'Reilly. So I sent it to him and he said, Mary, that's it. Like, keep staying there now. So I was in and out to the window and I bought the lights off upstairs and I was taking pictures and more pictures and the next thing, it's this pink. Oh my God, it was just amazing. Would you, was would you agree, would you agree that it goes from green to a kind of tinge of yellow to a light pink, to a darker yeah. pink, to a kind of a purpley magenta. Absolutely. And then it fades, it faded off then by 12 o'clock. So from half of 10 until 12 o'clock, it was just incredible. Wow. Now, the main thing is all my friends are going, I can't see it at all. And I said, like, it, you have to ha- take a picture to your camera. You see, we're so far south, you couldn't see it with the naked eye. But I think an awful lot of Connemara up could see it with the naked eye. Right, okay. But you have, you could see it in the camera when you press it, you could see the pink. Oh my God. Oh, so what you couldn't see with the naked eye, you could get on the camera? Absolutely, that's the main thing, you see. You can't see it this far south with the naked eye. Ah, right. It's like, do you know what it's like? It's like an x-ray machine in your phone. When you put it up to the sky, (laughs) the phone is picking up, it's so sensitive, and then... You take the picture and you can see all the colours and you're there like, Jesus, is this really happening? Isn't it, it a shocking crazy. world that the technology on a phone is more sensitive than the human eye? What can you That's do? That's exactly it. But I never thought, I never thought in my 51 years that I'd see down in West Cork. Well, you might even see it again tonight and hopefully the rest of us will too. Please God, yeah. And you know, it's great for the area and just keep looking. Nature's amazing. Well done, Mary. Lovely chatting with you. You brightened no my bother. skies this morning. Thank you for that. All right. Take care, Mary McCarthy down west. You have an opportunity tonight yourself. Even without the naked eye, take a pick in the north anyway. Anywhere up, like point the camera towards Shandon and away you go. Text 0868104106. After 10 tonight, that is. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 0868104106. Red FM. Yesterday, I was telling you the story of the lady over along in the east who went over to Turkey um, and she was going over for a mummy makeover or a tummy tuck. It wasn't her first surgery because she had surgery earlier and uh, imagine some bariatric work done and there was a lot of skin that need to be needed to be sorted out so Sharon Phelan from County Kilkenny went over and the whole thing turned into an absolute nightmare she came back and uh, everything opened I won't go into the details and the photographs are very graphic uh, but her stomach just opened along the entire wound she said it was like a shark like bite so we were chatting about that yesterday it cost her about 4,950 euro including the operations two nights in the hospital five nights accommodation at the hotel all of the medications, the painkillers and the flight. Now she's in the care of, of doctors here at home, obviously. 
uh, and she is in a very bad state and the pain and everything. This was a mummy makeover. Now, by and large, of course, it's important to say that I've spoken to an awful lot of people on this program who've had absolutely no issues whatsoever with any of the surgery or the issues, um, sorry, or the, um, you know, bariatric sleeves or gastric banding or um, tummy tucks or indeed an awful lot of people go overseas for dental work and the vast majority of them are fine but all too often we hear ones that go absolutely wrong and then I was mentioning that there was a road show done by Ecall International Hotels across the country not just here in the UK as well so they were in Dublin uh, they were in uh, Cork as well they were in the Clayton in Cork on the 16th of April and they were in Dublin on the day before that the 15th of April in the Clayton as well by all accounts. And in attendance there was Nicola Anderson, journalist for the Irish Independent, and she joins me by phone. Nicola, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Thank you so much for taking the call. You um, went to this roadshow lunchtime in Dublin. Would you have had to book in advance or did you rock up? No, I mean, they were, I mean, I, I, you know, I suppose you could have booked in advance and I think they would have preferred you to book in advance, but I just rocked up and um, I had a, I happened to have a suitcase with me, so I just kind of said that I was checking into the hotel and that I happened to see that this was on. So they kind of, you know, they, they took me on and they say they warned me that there'd be a bit of a wait. And I said that was no problem. So I'd probably be waiting about an hour before I was brought into their system. OK, but describe the setting. Do they take over a ballroom or how does it work? Yeah, so it, it seems to be a kind of a conference. I hadn't been there for any other event, so I, I can't tell you what it is ordinarily, but it was, you know, it kind of was a self-contained kind of unit, and it was, it was very slick, to be honest, very slick, very warm, very welcoming, you know, plenty of free teas and coffees and biscuits and calling people, hi, darling, you know, very, you know, you'd, you'd feel very, you know, you'd feel welcome there. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> hi, darling is an interest to, to, uh, to address yeah. people when you greet them, but that was at the front desk, was it? Well, this is it, you know. I mean, I don't know if you remember, Neil, that the, the, the TV show Nip Tuck, um, it was about plastic surgeons um, operating in, I think, L.A. or something yeah, like that. Venture, anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah, so anyway, he would always start off, the, the doctor would always start off his consultation, you know, what do you not like about yourself? But here, um, the question, well, not exactly in that phrasing, but the question was being asked by the person at the front desk, you know, the receptionist. So by the time, you know, so it was kind of your... You're kind of, you know, mm. she did the process starts instantly the minute you what, arrive. What does she ask you straight away? What you would like done? Yes, she's, you know, what, what are you interested in? Why are you here? You know, so I told her that, you know, I'm taking a bit of a bit of liposuction because I was finding it hard to, you know, to shift a little bit of weight around my midriff, which is true. You know, but I've, I've, had I've, three I've seen you. You're you're a size ten. Like you clearly, I've had three kids and I'm 47. So I mean, obviously, you know okay. what I mean. Okay. <laughs> okay. Not going to look like I'm 22 or anything. Okay. You know? right. okay. So, so after that, then that's when the weight begins, does it? You you were in with with yeah. quite an amount of other people, was it? Absolutely. I mean, I, I was surprised actually at the amount of people there. Now, it did transpire that most of them there were there for dental surgery because, you know, every now and again, somebody would come around and say, who's here for the plastic surgeon and, and who's here for dental? And basically all the hands went up for dental. You know, the plastic surgery seems to be a kind of a smaller a smaller percentage of the number of people who are coming for consultation. And was anybody kind of phased by that? It doesn't sound as if it's very private to me. Oh, no, no. People were having conversations. I mean, I, I heard a conversation, a man um, who was telling, you know, kind of the room at large almost about his, you know, that this is his third surgery and he had a gastric band, and, you know, a number of years ago. So, I mean, it, it's not, you know, it's not, it's not a private, it's not a private thing. All right. Men and women? Mostly women, but, but yes, certainly men, certainly men as well. Any kind of age group in particular? 
all age groups, but I suppose, you know, middle age, because that's when you're, you know, kind of, you know, insecurities maybe <laughs> kick in a bit more. But there was a younger woman. There was definitely one younger woman who was there for plastics as well. Okay, so, okay. So you, so you, you know, sit like others and, and you wait. And what, what happens uh-huh. as you're waiting around with maybe 30 other people sitting on chairs? Everybody is obviously on their phones, you know, having conversations or whatever. I actually did go off and I went off for a bit and then came back and I kind of, you're funneled along. You know, you're kind of in the front at first and then your, your name is called and then you're brought down the back and you're waiting again and then you're called eventually. So, I mean, but people were starting to grumble about the wait because, as I say, there were quite a lot of people there to be seen. I'd say 30 at one stage, you know, it kind of changed and you were kind of warned of that, Nicola, weren't you? You warned that there could be quite a long wait because of the volume of people waiting to see the doctor. Exactly. That's exactly what she told me at the beginning. You know, she was kind of upfront about that. But obviously I wanted to, you know, I was there for something. I wanted to, you know, kind of write something. So that's why it didn't, mm. it didn't bother me. You know, I And uh, music is playing, videos are playing. They're showing all of the different things about their hospitals, I guess. Yes, it's a big screen. I mean, I couldn't hear it because the volume had been switched off. I think there was music, kind of upbeat music playing. And, and so um, there was, there was a, a kind of a woman being interviewed in her hospital bed. She kind of had an Irish face, could have been Irish. I don't, I couldn't, you know, I can't be sure about that. And then, um, and then there were um, doctors kind of obviously given their spiel as well. Yeah, so, yeah, you yeah. know, it was kind of, and then you were kind of shown these very slick, you know, kind of very um, kind of, you know, glossy kind of hospital interiors which probably did look better than, than most hospitals in Ireland. You and know, then, maybe. Yeah, then after about an hour waiting, mm-hmm. you're moved to another section where there's you and another 15 people waiting. Is that right? Yes, that's right. So there, but you're sitting outside the basically the, 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 um, there are these kind of consultation rooms. So you're kind of waiting outside there in the corridor. And, uh, and, and, then, you're, and, then, you're, and then somebody else comes along and calls your name and you go in. So who do you meet then? Is it a doctor or a surgeon or whom? Um, you meet a plastic surgeon. I mean, I met a plastic surgeon. Um, though there was a woman in the room with me. She brought me in and introduced me. And um, I would say my consultation with him took less than 10 minutes. Okay, can you talk us about what was the consultation like? He obviously does an examination, yeah, so- I guess. Yeah, so, yeah, so exactly. So, um, uh, I, you know, the, 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 she called my name. She brought me into the function room for my consultation. And she had stro- there was a mirror in the corner. And she said, you know, you can just lift up your top. Mm. So then he came over and started to kind of, you know, <laughs> jiggle the flesh on my midriff. <laughs> and kind of instantly said, um, tummy tuck surgery and liposuction. And I kind of genuinely got a bit of a shock because I kind of had said liposuction. And then when he said surgery, I kind of was like, oh, God, you know, things are worse than I thought, you know. But um, so um, uh, he um, and then he, he told me or the, the woman rather told me that there would be three nights in hospital in Turkey, but I'd need to remain in the country for one week. Yeah. And my recovery would take one month. I would need to wear a body corset throughout this period. Um, and I asked, you know, would it hurt? And, and, and they said no, and that, you know, that I would be given painkillers going home. Okay, the body corset, I guess, is because it's a fairly substantial scar and they have to make sure it stays closed. That's why I was referencing what? a story out of Kilkenny uh, earlier uh, where yeah. a woman, it didn't stay closed, it opened and she's in awful pain having come back. From from the same group of hospitals, actually, but you know, I guess you know this this will I mean, happen. It is major surgery, Neil. This is the thing, you know. I mean, surgery isn't just a, a cosmetic makeover or a new hairstyle. You know, you're going to be in 
you're going to be, you know, recovering, mm. like literally recovering mm. after this. So after they tell you what you need doing, what happens then? Um, they kind of, you know, paused and I kind of said, oh, I'll have to think about that because, you know, I didn't realize that there would be surgery involved. And, you know, they didn't say anything. So then anyway, then I'm brought back upstairs again and told to wait another little bit and brought to a table. And again, very, very nice man. Um, was chatting to me. Um, I think he might be based in the UK, but he told me that he that he likes Ireland and that he finds the weather very cold. And um, he gave me a quote for my surgery. Um, so all in, basically, with direct flights, three nights in the clinic, and presumably the other four nights in in the hotel. He didn't mention that. And um, it came to four thousand three hundred and ten. But he said that because we're, I'm, I was at the road show, that there was a discount, so it would be four thousand. And uh, without flights, then it would be um, 3,890 or 3,600 for roadshow patients. Okay. But he did recommend the all-inclusive because he said the direct flights, you know, you, you, know, you, you could be forced to wait in an airport for up to 11 hours. Ah, I see. So like, direct flights yeah. included four grand without yeah. any flights included, 3,600. Yeah. You, yeah. you, you would pay perhaps four times that were you able to get it done here. I wasn't able to get a quote, a comparative quote, so I don't know how much it would cost, but... I mean, it is major surgery, you know, so I don't know. I, I just, you know, I suppose the message from this really is to be careful. Mm-hmm. So you, 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 don't, you didn't agree to anything then? Do they, they don't try and pressurise you to sign and give a credit card or anything, no? Um, well, I said I'll come back. And he said, oh, well, we won't be here. You know, we're, we're going to Cork tomorrow. And um, then he said they'd be in touch. So they were in touch about an, um, about that, that evening, I think it was, or possibly the following day. They, you know, how did your consultation go? Or, hi, darling, how did your consultation go? They love the word <laughs> darling. I know, <laughs> I know. So I, I, I didn't reply at all. But I have to say, though, you know, I, I did feel, le- I think, you know, I, I kind of felt leaving a bit bad, bad about myself, you know, because, you know, even though this was a professional assignment and, you know, I knew that, you know, that, that I was going to be so, you know, so something I yeah. was kind of, you know, it, it can get to you, you know, it can get to you. Well, in what sense? In, in the sense that you, you, were, you were told by somebody that you needed um, yeah, so I think then you start thinking, oh gosh, you know, I, I do need it, and, and then you're like, no, well, I don't need it, you know, I'm not, and I had no intention of, of going for it, but I just, you know, I mean, obviously, as, as you say, some people have no problem with these procedures and have, you know, sailed through, and then, but, but, but I, I suppose there, there is. You know, there is always the, the, the message is to be careful, basically. Yeah, yeah absolutely. A vast majority mm. of them are, are perfectly fine. But one of the mm. big issues, of course, is you may well be aware of the, um, the, the certificate that's given with, uh, you know, fit to fly way too soon. Oh. And for, you know, things like, yeah. you know, t- yeah. tummy tuck surgery, flying too soon is a disaster, apparently. Yes, yes. I mean, you would be in severe pain, I'm I'm guessing, you know, I I don't know. I mean, it is is massive surgery, really. And I don't know if you saw that. I I got a brochure when I was leaving and it was mommy makeover, you know, and it says the aim of the mommy makeover is to restore the shape and appearance of a body, a woman's body after child bearing. And, you know, a mommy makeover, a mommy makeover is typically performed as a single stage procedure. Um, but but I mean you know it's quite a lot of things going on. There, there is so. a lot of things. Is it is mm. it, a mommy make makeover includes all of this? Is it a breast lift, breast augmentation, yeah. tummy tuck, liposuction, buttock restoration, arm lift, or a thigh lift? Is is it all that? Well, it can, I, I think it can be. You know, I think it depends on the individual. But I mean, if if all that was to be were to be performed as a single stage procedure, I think that would be a 
a bit of a red light in terms of just recovery. Mm. And, you know, mm. even if you have, you know, a tooth removed or anything, mm. I mean, you know, it takes time to, to get back to yourself, let alone be flying somewhere. Yeah. But having been there, has it now planted a seed in your head, an annoying little message saying to you, you actually do need something? I think it more or less. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I, you, you, look, there are all these messages out there. You know, we're always told that we're not good enough or, you know, that you're not enough, you know. So I think just just be careful, I think, you know. I mean, we have to kind of keep our eyes open about these kind of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The pressure to look perfect in the modern yeah. world, isn't it? Absolutely. All Absolutely. Right. Okay, listen, thanks for the update on that. I'm delighted you were there because I was mad keen to find out how one of them worked. So thank you for that, Nicola. Appreciate it. Much obliged. Okay. Nicola Anderson, journalist with the Irish Independent. That was the Dublin uh, roadshow, if you like. I'm quite sure that the Cork one would have been very, very similar. But if you were at it, I'd love to hear. Text 0868104106. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818 Cork's Red FM. I'll chat to Michael in a second if you don't mind. Neil, I was in Ermit Hospital in Turkey last year with my partner as she was getting weight loss surgery. We were picked up from Istanbul Airport in a brand new minibus and brought straight to the hospital. The welcome was unbelievable. They fed us straight away, took my partner down for bloods, and the following morning she got her surgery. I stayed in the room with her for the five days as her companion. I had a bed next to her. I was fed three times a day. Any clothes we needed to be washed were taken away, washed, dried and returned in plastic wrapping. Nurses would come in every hour on the hour for the first two days and every two hours after that. The room was cleaned twice a day. She got treatment like she was the only patient in the hospital. The surgeon came in every morning to see her. When we were leaving, she got €600 euro worth of aftercare medication for €115. Euro. We got into the minibus, drove to Istanbul Airport, were fast-tracked to the gate in an electric car. All the staff of that hospital down to the cleaners were above any standard I have ever seen. And I've worked in a private hospital here in Ireland for years. I'm so proud of her and I'm delighted to say that she is now down close to 10 stone. She is a brand new person and is loving life all down to the wonderful staff at Ermet. Don't give out my full details and I can't come on air. Uh, thank you for that. It's always great to hear the good stories and the happy outcomes. I'm not being nasty, uh, but I can't get over the number of obese people in society today versus in times past. It's quite staggering how obesity has seemingly become so normal. Well, it's just the food that we're eating and the sedentary lifestyle of too many people. Uh, unfortunately, I don't mean to this to sound like a, a lecture. Um, and it really is to do with so much processed and fast food that really has kind of zero benefit apart from piling on weight. And of course, I was talking some weeks ago about the size of dinner plates. It might sound bizarre, but the size of plates by comparison to the 1970s, which means that portion size has almost doubled. Uh, from Tommy Gould's conversation with me yesterday, is there a list of vacant homes? Would they not leave people buy them at a low cost and do them up themselves with regards to all of the empty properties? Uh, not only the affordable houses in Lotamore uh, that are there, but there's a four-bed house perfect to move into that's been vacant for over two years. Uh, I'm not Sinn Féin. I won't be voting for Sinn Féin, but if they do get to power in the next election, they have an awful lot to live up to with all of the promises they're making to the nation. Mary Lou must have some kind of money tree. Well, they did have the money and they failed to spend all of the housing budget uh, for last year. Um, still had a, about a half a billion to spend and didn't. Uh, give me a break. They knocked 500 houses to build 480 houses in Kilmore Road and Knocknahini. What sense does that make? Um, the scope of homelessness in this country and this city is too vast. 
it's so unfair that there are families working and renting and looking after their home with pride and they're being evicted. Then you have families who won't work, get HAP and being evicted. It's just not fair. Um, help people who are working first unless they physically can't work. A family in my area is being evicted and to be honest, I have no sympathy. The house is filthy. The dad was caught growing hash plants in the bedrooms. He's still walking around, refusing to work. It's the kids I feel sorry for. Um, is, is that eviction from a public authority house because of a conviction uh, for having a cannabis grow factory? Interesting, isn't it? Uh, tell Tommy Gould to shut up about different countries and deal with Ireland. It's the Cork people he represents. Um, and tell him, would he take a modular home? Because I certainly would if it was offered to me. This is a point that Tommy was making about all of the Irish that works overseas illegally and went to different countries. Many people came back and said that might well be true, but we didn't get any handouts. Uh, Tommy's talking gibberish. We have done nothing like what's going on now. We immigrated and we worked hard. We got nothing for free. This country makes it attractive to come here and live off the state. Tommy turned his back on a lot of people in Cork, and I was one of them. Stop talking about America. It is annoying. Uh, and there are many more like that, which I'll come back to in a few minutes' time. But Michael has his own predicament to deal with, and he joins me by phone. Michael, good morning. Good morning. Um, you can't work. You can't. You just can't. No, I'm not able to walk. I'm un- unable to walk. I got sick three years ago, and then I was... I didn't even know I had COVID, yeah? And then when they ran the test to see was there antibodies in my system, it showed up like COVID. So now I'm suffering with long COVID, yeah? There is a long COVID clinic set up, which I attend in the Mercy, yeah? But I'm at the stage now where when my stamps ran out in January, they cut me off the social welfare. I have a wife. I have two kids living with me. I have five kids in total. And they're giving me 90 hours per week now to live on, to try. I'm, I'm at my wit's end now. Um... The ninety hours a week, I have a mortgage, so I'm in trouble with banks and with this. And they just the the answer I got the last time I appealed it was when I called the the social department, of social protection. They said, hey, "How long is a piece of string?" So this is my I got my letter now yesterday. What does that even mean? How long is a piece of string? Could you tell me that? Because that's what I. Said Why aren't today. you on disability? They have refused me for disability. This is what I'm saying. They have refused me for disability. They're saying that I'm not. Uh, I'm not suffering with uh, long-term illness and all that. They, they, they actually don't want to acknowledge COVID, long COVID as a sickness. But I also okay, they, they'll set up a clinic in one department, but they won't recognise it as a sickness in another. Yes, yes, that's exactly. And why, why 90 euro? How did they come up with the figure of 90 euro to support a family and pay a mortgage? I, I went into the, the Abbey Court House and they just have a chart on the wall. And the girl that was there was lovely. She couldn't be more helpful. But they said to me, uh, you're entitled to 90 hours per week. And I said to her, uh, what am I supposed to do with 90 hours a week? And she said, do you want this? But I said, I obviously want this. But I said, I said, I'm going to be in serious trouble. Like, you know? So I what? just wanted to hear... But what's the, what's, what's the full rate of social welfare for somebody who's not working? Well, I'm a married man with two kids. I, I could claim for my two kids. Uh, so that was €362.50 per week. Yeah, so why I, aren't you getting that? They won't give it to you until your claim is processed. How long does that take? How long does a piece of string need? This, this is my... T- I, I applied for it last November because I, I got a letter to say my stamps were running out, yeah? So I was refused in January, so then I had to go to Abbey Court House 
and beg for money as such and they gave me 90 euros a week so I've applied two more times and they've refused me twice again now so three times I've been refused and every time that you get that letter from them they take 10 to 12 weeks to uh, go through your process and they give you 21 days yeah but they give you 21 days to get your appeal in you know what I mean so it's they're giving you very little time to get your stuff in order whereas they can take as long as they like. So since last November to now, which is the back end of April, you've been applying for applying for unemployment benefit and it's just how long is a piece of string is the answer with how, when, it'll, when it'll actually come through. Yeah, it's for disability I'm applying for, yeah? Yeah. So it just says here, look, you do not satisfy the medical criteria. You must be suffering from an injury, a disease, congenital deformity or physical or mental illness or defect which has continued or may reasonably be expected to continue for the period of at least a year. But what if you had just gone for job seekers? Yes, but if you go for job seekers, right, there's no problem. You can go for job seekers, but then you have to start going to try and do courses and all that. I'm actually, some days I can't get out of bed. Okay, just talk to me a little bit about the symptoms then. What are you going through with long COVID, baby? Long COVID is, you could be a thief for 10 to 12 hours a day and what? you could fu- you could wake up and you could still be tired I dropped my child to school there at 9 o'clock and I'm just so fed up now I just said I'm going to ring you and see is there anybody else in my situation because it seems that the government were all about oh, shut the country down with COVID and shut the schools down shut everything down and now that people are so there's a hundred I think there was 133,000 patients in this country diagnosed with long COVID yeah yeah, and no. So, would you think that there are many people like you who who were working away, got COVID, developed long COVID, can't work, and we're getting the two fingers now when they're looking for help? Oh, one hundred percent, yeah, one hundred percent, because they just they, they don't want to acknowledge long COVID as an illness, as a long term illness. No, it's not going to last for a lifetime. I hope, yeah, I hope. Is it getting better after this? Slowly. Uh, I tried the hyperbaric chamber in Bandon. I tried the hydrogen clinic in in Bishopstown, yeah? And I actually ended up with pneumonia and then I got COVID again on top of it. And the, the hydrogen clinic worked for six weeks. It was brilliant. But then after six weeks, I started going downhill again. So I did three more sessions of it and I didn't get the same pickup of, from it, you know? Yeah. So I did you have to pay for all of that? I did, yeah. God yeah. almighty. So there, yeah. so are there any other symptoms besides just chronic tiredness? Oh, there's pains, aches, there's, there's loads of symptoms. Like this. You, could, you could write a book on it, to be quite honest, you know? Uh, but the tiredness, like, I, I literally dropped my child to school in the north side of the city, right? And I come home and I basically, on the couch and then crashed out again. And my wife comes in at two, three o'clock from work and she's looking at me and she, she's at a whip in as well, which is understandable, you know what I mean? The pain, on Monday morning, I had to slide out of the bed to get out of the bed. I couldn't actually physically sit up or anything. I had to get my socks put on and all that for me, you know? But how does that make you feel, say, mood-wise or does it any kind of bit of depression or anything like that? The depth of depression, Neil. Can you imagine trying to run a house on 90 euros a week and, and like your kids are looking at you and they're saying, I don't have money for this and I don't have money for that. It's because I always worked. I worked all my life. I know. All my life. Since the age of 15, probably, I'm working. 
You know? Make you very angry, wouldn't it? The way you'd be treated then, having been and a working man all your life. It would annoy you, Neil, because, and don't get me wrong, I have no problem with refugees or anything else in this country. I, I have no problem with that because my own brother and sister moved abroad and they were uh, illegal immigrants in the country for years and they couldn't come home. But they didn't get any handouts, you know what I mean? They had to work while they were away. And But I have no problem with that. But like they don't, the Irish government do not look after Okay, I know. I won't keep you much longer because I'm heading for news at 10 o'clock and you need to, I know you need to rest. But you've got financial worries now on you, don't you? You've got a mortgage that needs paying. You're not going to be able to survive with heat and light and food on 90 a week. I have huge financial problems at the moment, like, you know? And it's kind of like, they're saying, it's what's read for us saying that, oh, I'm young enough to get another job and this and that, like. And I'm saying, and what am I going to do? Like, I, I walked in construction all my life, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, that's and your thing. Yeah, well, you can't do that now. Well, not a whole, but they, they, they just... Uh, the, the impression I'm getting off the Irish government is that they want to brush this under the carpet now. It was fine when Europe were pumping the money into us and now they want to... They, they don't want to acknowledge it. The, the, the girl in there, the long COVID clinic, there's, there's a Zoom meeting every week to, and the amount of people on that Zoom meeting just in Cork alone, you know? And everybody, it's like, we're all in the same boat, like, no, I haven't discussed social welfare problems with them and all this, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just coming to the point now, like, it's, I'd be three years old of work on the 20th of June, right? I came my, my, my PRSI back for the two years, and now you're just kind of, they just want to throw you to one side and say, oh, just ignore them, you know? Oh my God, oh my God. How are you going to make ends oh. meet? I don't know, but I'm just wondering if there anybody else in Cork in the same predicament as me. I need to put it out there, you know. All right, my man, let's find out. Let's find out. I'll be back to you. I'll let go and go and have the, the long overdue rest. Sorry for keeping as long as I did. We're back after 10 if you have a similar story to share. Your thoughts on Michael's. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from 4 for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features, and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from 4. Dave Max Drive. Neil Prenderville Show, Red FM. Better believe it, baby. And it's day two of our giveaway in association with Kilkenny Design. You can shop in-store or online at kilkennyshop.com. And they really and truly have just an Aladdin's cave of wonderful things. Yesterday, we featured jewellery. Today, our feature is wellness. So what you can buy in the shop, including candles and diffusers and skin care and bath and body and lots more like that. So we have a 200 euro gift card every day for Kilkenny Design. Okay, so three songs. I'm going to play them now. Don't call until I open the phone lines around about a 10 minutes to midday. But you need to get artists and titles in the correct order. So the theme of the three songs is wellness. Let's have a listen together for the first time. All right, those three songs in the correct order. Artists and titles. When I open the phone lines at 10 to midday, caller 9 wins a 200 euro gift card for Kilkenny Design. And while I'm baiting into the housework, the Neil Prendival bingoism started this morning at 9am. We started our engines. So if you haven't got the bingo card, you'll get it on Twitter, on my Twitter page. You will also get it on the Red FM Facebook page. And it is also, should you choose to visit, on my own Instagram page. There are 12 Neil-isms on the bingo card. You need to tick them all off 
Whoever gets a full card first gets a 150 euro voucher for Jono's in Douglas. And already, I can tell you this morning, I have already said one of the nihilisms. Apparently, I said, how does that make you feel? So one is gone already. So 11 to go. So if you haven't got the card, uh, go and check it out, download it or get it on your screen. You can get it on my Instagram page. I, I want to strongly disagree with one of your callers from yesterday's program, Dennis. Now, Dennis was on just before uh, midday. He came on and he was saying that nobody wants to be on the dole and that we have zero unemployment rate. He said that 99% of people want to work. Yes, he did say all that. And uh, it was an interesting call. I enjoyed it. Uh, back to our email. I think he needs to wake up and take his head out of the clouds. There are currently 2,847,731 recipients of Maine social welfare benefits. 2.8 million. You can't tell me that every single one of those people want to work. There are people who will sit at home happy. I was getting paid to do so. Sit at home happy. The unemployment rate is 4.3% in Ireland as of March this year. You can't come on the radio and start spewing nonsense without getting your facts right. And I just had to correct him with regards to the stats. Okay, 2.8 million in receipt of social welfare benefits and a 4.3% unemployment rate. Also, Romanians aren't Irish. Irish people are Irish. Romanians are Romanians and so on. So we just happen to live in Europe. Yes, they are members of the European Union, but don't be saying Irish people, Romanians, Spanish, Italians are all the same. We are simply not. You are usually quick to correct people. You let this fellow off the hook. No, I'm not so sure. You are right with regards to the stats, but in the moment chatting with them, I didn't have the figure that you came up with, the 2.8 million. So I thank you for that, for benefit. Nor did I have the accurate 4.3% unemployment, not in the moment in a live phone call. Uh, but I would, I'm always very slow to criticize people of different race, particularly if they are uh, coming to Ireland to work and to be net contributors to our society. I have criticism of those who don't want to or want to be just welfare tourists. I have criticism of Irish people who'd want to work either, to be honest with you. But I, I know that many of us, like for instance, you trace back our roots. If you go back far enough into my lineage, I'm French. So at some stage, somebody came here for me to be here in the first place. Anyway, get involved in the conversation. Email neil at redfm.ie. And somebody else then was very, very uh, saddened to hear my email about the 15-year-old boy who's suffering from anxiety and so much so that he hasn't attended school since last year. Now, this is COVID-related. This, this young lad, 15, just cannot go outside the door. You know, COVID and lockdowns just knocked it all out of him. And we were talking about on yesterday's program. I'm sad, so saddened to hear that he's been on a waiting list for 15 months. I can't imagine what he's going through, not to mention the stress and worry for his parents if they're listening. You're not alone. This is close to my heart, as my own boy is in a similar situation. He too suffers from anxiety and has been unable to attend school since Christmas. Like the other boy you mentioned, he always loved going to school. He has also stopped attending the GAA, which he also loved. He's so anxious, he is triggered by the smallest of things, which will lead to a full-on panic attack each and every day, and some days even more than one. Either my wife or I have to be at home with him all of the time. Luckily, we work around each other, so this is not an issue. However, we cannot meet with our friends or attend any social events. He was referred to CAMS by our GP. They said his situation wasn't severe enough and he was not going to be added to their waiting list. Good God Almighty. Isn't that the most appalling thing to say? 
uh, where there is evidence of a lad who hasn't been outside the door since Christmas nor gone back to school. And they're saying that he is not severe enough. What do you have to be if you're struggling mentally with anxiety and stress and worry and anxiousness? But as a parent, you must be beside yourself uh, with worry. And you yourself must be very anxious because it must be awful to have to look on at any loved one, but a child for sure, and feel helpless you know, in, in the situation that they're struggling with. Keep those emails coming, neil at redfm.ie. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. We are off to Switzerland, to Robert O'Driscoll's gaff. Morning, Robert. Morning, Neil. How's it going? How's the form over there, pal? The form is brilliant over here. Well, a lot better than Northern, I can tell you. Yeah, and that's the reason. You legged it from Grawn, wasn't it? I ran as fast as possible. Why, Neil? man? Why? I tell you, it's just um, the way the country was going with the energy crisis, the cost of living. I just, honestly, I, there was a lot of reasons, but one of them was I just couldn't see a future in that country, you know? How long ago? Um, last September. Oh, was that all? Only in September? All, yeah, yeah. Why Switzerland? Why not? Ah, well, yeah, but well, you, I, you just stick a pin in, the ma- in, a, in an atlas or what? I tell you, Neil, I just um, typed in into Google um, Irish pub jobs in Europe and Switzerland came up. I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, so I came, I'm here now nearly seven months and it's absolutely fantastic. And There's did you no, apply for the job first or just go? I did. I sent off a CV and stuff and I did um, a Zoom interview and within three weeks I was over here. Okay. And is your background in the pub trade? Um, mainly, I, I've worked in a few bears, um, but mainly construction. But um, I just wanted it, like, I'm not getting any younger, and I just wanted a kind of a better quality of life, you know? I was chatting with a fellow there just before 10, Michael. He's got long COVID, worked all his life in construction. He's getting seriously shafted with regards to help or benefits. Can't work, right? Um, and, uh, like, he's on 90 euro a week with a young family and a mortgage. Bills to pay. Should, like, that's not even a full food shop, 90 euro a week. Well, but that doesn't surprise me with that country, you know, like that's, like Ireland did nothing for me. I worked most of my life as well and I ended up with nothing, like, you know, with the cost of living and just the quality of life. But over here, it's, it's set up differently where you're protected, you know. They, they, they don't leave anyone behind over here, like, you know. Okay, so you arrived in Switzerland, Switzerland back in September, is it? Um, September, yeah. With nowhere to live or anything? Well, um, the pub I'm working in, we're attached to a hotel as well, a beautiful four-star hotel. Um, so I was staying in the hotel, but then after a week, I realized that, okay, this is the, where I, I want to be. So I, I got an apartment then within another two weeks. You were in the, you were in the Park Hotel de Sauvage, um, made That's famous it, yeah. by Sherlock Holmes. Why, did he have yeah. a few bevies there or something or what? No, after Conan Doyle stayed here um, in the late 1800s for two years, and he wrote um, the final two books. <laughs> um Breaking back falls, you, I can actually see that from my apartment. No, you know where that's where himself and Moriarty fell, was it? Exactly. Oh. Neil, I'm looking at I'm looking at it there, you know, exactly from the vat from my apartment. Insane. Oh yeah, it's crazy, Neil. Crazy, and I'm only paying um, a thousand a month as well for my apartment. So your apartment is a thousand euro uh, a month, mm-hmm. and that includes utilities. That includes heating, and my my energy bill kind of averages forty to fifty a month. But I have to tell you, because you probably already know, the cost of living in Switzerland is savage high. Well, Neil, to be honest, like people, I, I assumed that as well before I came over. But like the salary, like the minimum wage in Switzerland is twenty two fifty. All right, okay, it's, That's it's over double hours. You're, you're paid a court, like the salary I get here working in a pub. 
I wouldn't survive on back in Ireland, you know. The salary that you get paid there, working in a pub, you wouldn't survive back in Ireland because of the I, cost I of I wouldn't be able to survive because the apartment I have you now is about 80 square metres. And with my bills, like, I wouldn't get this apartment in Ireland like, for less than 2,000, you know? Yeah, okay, okay. It's, it's, it's a pretty nice apartment then, is it? Yeah, it's lovely, lovely, lovely and spacious, you know? And it's based, like, I'm surrounded by mountains and there's a river close by. Yeah, it's beautiful, like, you know? Any, any language problems, though? Communication barriers, no? Well, just a small bit, but I'm kind of getting used to the language now. But inside an Irish pub, like, it's a drink is an international language. Please, you know? <laughs> and who are the typical punters in an Irish pub in Switzerland? Well, we have our, our locals here, um, kind of our, our steady locals. But then we've got like, the tourists as well. Like, during the winter, we had, like, a ski season because um, where we're based, like, 500 metres, there's a cable car that goes up the mountains and it keeps going up the mountains and there's like big skiing and stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And, and I would imagine that it makes perfect sense for an Irish pub in Switzerland to have an Irishman or a Corkman behind the bar, wouldn't it? Well, the thing is, I, I realise now that I've become the gimmick, you know? <laughs> You're the star attraction. <laughs> well, I, I know that. I know I'm the gimmick and I get on with it, you know? But it's good fun and the guy I work with, Boris, um, he's absolutely brilliant, you know? When you say he the gimmick, up. like, do you have to play up your Irishness? Do they ask you daft questions? Not, not really. I just act not like I'm the North Side, like, you know, so I just act like an outsider, you know? Were you home since you went back there, when you went there in September? I was actually home there about three weeks ago. And is there any negativity there at all? Any cost of living crisis? I mean, it was you were saying to the lads that no one talks of the war in Ukraine or refugees or people fleeing war, nothing like that. Nothing, Neil. Nothing. I know. I know where I live. It's kind of um, it's a, it's kind of a village, like you know. But on my days off there, I may pop. To, like, this is what I do on my day off. I may pop up to Bayon. I go to Zurich, Lucerne, and it's just there's nothing, you know. I pop in for a bit of food into another Irish pub. And there's no talk of anything, you know. It's just everyone here is paid enough that they it's don't like. There's no. They always have money in their pockets. Their bills are paid. Like I've helped. Like by law, after three months, um, you have to have health insurance in Switzerland. So I've health insurance now, and it's absolutely second to none. You know. The, is the health insurance provided by the job? No, you have to pay that yourself. Right. Is it expensive so, though? Well, it depends. Like, um, you can go pay high. Like, I pay 324 per month. 324 euro? Well, the franc and the euro is more or less the same. Yeah. So, like, but that covers me then for everything, no matter what happens, you know? Everything? Like, is that a doctor's visit, a prescription, everything? Everything. Covers uh, the medication. I've been to the doctor now a few times. You go in there, your appointment at nine, they see you at nine. There's no waiting, there's no nothing, you know? You'd want to be everything, though, because that's over three grand a year. Like, that's a lot. I know, but see, like, Neil, that's, that's the, the problem then with when the year. Oh, that's a lot. But, like, I, like that's, I take it all into account. My bills per month total is about 1900 a month. Yeah. That, that's everything, Neil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, you, like, if I was back in Ireland, I'd probably pay that for an apartment. So you'd be, you'd be on at least €22 Euro an hour, um, yep. plus, plus tips. Oh, the tips, yeah. To be fair, I know the tips are fairly good as well, Neil. Yeah, substantial tips. Um, yeah, it depends, like, um, on the customer, really. To be honest, like, I thought the Americans would be good tippers, but they're absolutely terrible. Oh, really? Yeah, terrible. And they give, like, obviously, they love the Irish and the whole lot, like, you know. But to be honest, I, I don't do it for the tips, like, you know. Oh, I know, but it's added income, is what I'm saying. I think the Americans oh, yeah, are it, bad tippers because they're told that you don't tip in Europe, whereas they know that they get the head taken off them in America if they didn't tip, you know. 
Well, I, I, I kind of come to the conclusion that they tip so much in America that it, when they come to Europe, they just take a break from tipping, you know? <laughs> I what? think that's what it is. That's the only reason I can see, like... I was in a pub down in Port McGee there a couple of years back and this tour bus came in, right? There's about 25 of them and they sat at this huge, big, long table and the guy who was the tour operator, you know, the guy doing the, the patter, the parlay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he uh, was asked a question, uh, what do we do with regards to the tip at the end of the meal? And he said, you don't have to tip it all here, ma'am. You don't have to tip it all here, ma'am. And I, and I was a fool that I didn't interrupt him and say, actually, you do. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, well, I say that to people. Like, like if, if someone's giving me... I say, like, I don't do this for tips, like, you know what I mean? But, like, they enjoy the experience. The bar is absolutely stunning, you know, what bar was created, like, you know? Yeah, but it must be a downside to being there. Are you lonely? Absolutely not. I got my mountains, I got my river. Yeah, but you I mean, know, yeah, it's it's an easy thing for a single man to do, I suppose, isn't it? Well, that's it. It, 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 it was easy for me to do what I did. Like, you know, I know I'm only speaking like from my own personal circumstances. I know there's other people that couldn't do what I'm after doing. Like, you know. Yeah, but do you not meet miss meeting the lads for a, a pint up in Gron or a stroll down well, Pana? I, when I was back there, um, I went back to, to River Lane. That's where I kind of would have been my local. You I know, know it. And yeah. the, the fellas were still in the same seats. Like, I asked them, "Did you actually move in seven months?" You know. <laughs> <laughs> No, to be honest, it's good. It's good to get back there, but then it's good because now there's like some Carcassoric. So, but like, it's good to get back out of it then as well. Well, you know? I'm trying to knock holes in your story, but I can't. So fair play to you. <laughs> no, no, and it's good to get back and I see the family. Like my family are coming out here now in June. Um, my family are out here in December. They absolutely love it out here, you know. But is this a for now location, or do you think this is it? You're going to stay there? Oh, you don't... this is it, Neil. This is the. I think I've, like I worked in um, Irish pubs. I actually worked in China as well. But I think this is um, this is where the place now where eventually I found it, you know. Fantastic! So you're gonna have yeah. to settle down, fall in love. That's the next step, I suppose. Is it? Uh, I, I want an easy life, Neil. I don't <laughs> want all complications. No complications. Keep it that. <laughs> Keep it yeah, that way. No, I'm ha- I'm happy. No, I don't want no woman ruining it. All right, okay. I might pop I mean, over. I might pop over and say hello uh, sometime. That that takes me on to the next point there. Um, I might talk to you. They see us off here, there, but we want to do something there with flights and accommodation. Do a competition. <laughs> Um, that we'll, we'll look after um, two people to come out Cork to Zurich and I love it for a week in the hotel I love it and, and you look after all of it will you? Absolutely the, the pub will look after everything to stay in the four star hotel I, I talked to Seamus about it Let's let's but make that happen <laughs> If you want to come out for the ski season and like um, I hate skiing man I tried it I hate it Disaster You can look at the mountains and you can broadcast from the hotel but there's no hassle I go on the piste but I won't go on the skiing We'll go on the piste We'll go on the piste together <laughs> What have we got there? Have you got Murphy's Guinness Beamish Beamish What have you got? We have Guinness We have nearly over 40 beers <laughs> We have Barry's tea I brought some back I brought back Barry's tea with me there the last time Do they like it? Um, not really but I do <laughs> so I don't care <laughs> oh, I love it alright listen I'll put you back on hold we'll see if we can work that out that would be a bit of fun alright <laughs> great stuff great stuff Neil thanks very much fair play to you great chatter I can see why they love you behind the bar Robert look after yourself thanks <laughs> you can send the tip over <laughs> good luck good luck talk to Neil Prenderville now 0818 104 106 Cork's Red FM back to the phone lines in a minute so that pub actually is called the Green Harp that's the pub that uh, Robert is in the Green Harp if you're heading that way I was talking about a child who was compensated for witnessing um, a crash this morning uh, it was a compensation case in court I think it was in around 20 grand as far as I know I think if you're in a bank and it's robbed the bank will pay you compensation for shock 
It's an interesting one. Uh, and then people saying, why do you defend the guards? The guardy, the guards in Middleton just cruise around in four by fours. They're proper useless. They have no tact or common sense. Just useless. I mean, <laughs> you can't just say that. Like you know, what do you mean cruising around in four by fours? They're driving the four by fours, trying to keep people safe, I suppose, or going from A to B. But anyway, that's your thoughts on it. You're entitled to it. Um, things that should be taught in school that we chatted with earlier this morning: good manners. That would be a good beginning. Good manners should be taught in school. Uh, that's a get, that again is a generalization, I think. Um, you know, I think uh, how to do your tax, how to do your tax credits, how to change a tire, how to fill a tire with air, simple maintenance for home and car should all be taught in school. And one final one for now, Emma says, we have a jar at home filled with pieces of paper with life skills written on them. Each day, one of the kids picks one and learns to do what's on the paper. We call it the Today I Learned How To jar. This week they've learned how to use a washing machine, how to defrost meat, how to peel a potato. They're aged 4 to 15, says Emma in Carrigaline, I think. So far, that's text of the week for me. That's a beaut. I love it. That's a Today I Learned How To jar. Uh, my son is doing the theory test for transition year. Very practical at Spridnave in Bishopstown. So keep those coming in. A fast one then on surgery. Can't come on air, but with regards to your last conversation about the price of a tummy tuck in Ireland, I had my tuck, my lipo and a muscle repair 12 months ago in a well-known clinic in Wicklow and it cost me €10,500 all in. I stayed one night at hospital and I was told not to fly for four months in case of blood clotting. It was an extremely painful experience, I can tell you, but I was delighted I did it. It's not for everyone, a tummy tuck. Uh, I wouldn't go to Turkey. It's too risky. I've heard too many bad stories. And one more then. I recently got a tummy tuck consultation in Limerick for surgery in Wicklow. One night with the surgery, €10,000. And Billy says cosmetic surgery is popular, no doubt. Uh, perhaps we should send our politicians over to have their mouths sewed up. Be kind, be kind. Back to the phone lines, David in Denmark. Good morning. Hello, Neil. How are things? I remember. I chatted to you last year, didn't I? I did. Yeah, yeah, I did. Like, yeah, I like, was on a week. Yeah, you went to Denmark. Every you, day here yeah, at work. you do. You went to Denmark 25 years ago, came back for a yeah. spell here to Ireland, didn't like it and went back again, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. Yeah. So when did came you go? In 98, was it? 98, yeah. Um, we left in uh, 98 there was a Danish woman I met in Cork and uh, I was a bit just tired of the scene there the same every Friday getting paid and into the pub Saturday Friday night Saturday night Sunday night and broke again on the Monday <laughs> like, it was like you know that's just the way that's the way things were back then you know um, but, so you said you uh, were so tired of spending entire weekends in the pub being hovo- hung over <laughs> sick and broken on a Monday <laughs> yeah yeah exactly you know just had to make sure you had a few quid left just to, to fill the tank, the, the motorbike with petrol so you could get to and from work from the Monday to Friday. So did you end <laughs> up thinking that your life was going in a pointless direction? Yeah, that was actually part of it as well, yeah. Yeah, you know, um, and, uh, and, and uh, you know, you're kind of like, you know, stuck in that kind of rut. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, that was different even back then. I mean, rents were reasonable enough back then, you know, and, uh, you know, I mean, you you could have easily... Well, I won't say easily, but I think, you know, it was easy. It would have been a bit easier, definitely, compared to what it is now today to get a house. And how, old were you when, how old were you when you had that uh, wake-up moment? Early 20s? Yeah, 23, 24. Okay, yeah. so you were, you were young enough to make the call that something had to change. Yeah, 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 
yeah, definitely. And I mean, just the wages as well back then, you know, but I, I'm a painter and I've got my own business over here today, you know, and it's flying, you know, but, but back then, I mean, it was just kind of very kind of a dead end, you know. Were you working for someone when you were here, was it? I was, yeah, I was, yeah. And I mean, geez, had a great, great boss, you know, yeah. nothing to do with it. was a great guy, you know, yeah. and, uh, yeah. but it was just uh, the, uh, the, you know, the wages were just as they were, you know, you were kind of saying, Jesus, if I wanted to buy a house or whatever, you know, how would, uh, how are you going to get around that, you know? Yeah, okay. Because um, a, lo- a, a, a lot of people do think that way, but unfortunately they get stuck in it and they don't make a change. You know, yeah, it probably yeah. could be pals of yours doing the very same thing you were doing in 98, still. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, definitely, yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, just, just so I just left there and uh, just, uh, I mean, I was, you know, I mean, already the first. Yeah, I was very lucky because I, I got a, I got a job straight away here, and I've never been unemployed here in twenty five years. Um, so you and, didn't, you uh, didn't go over and and sign on or look for benefits. You no, no, no. You see, you see, that's the thing. When you when you come to Denmark, it, that that's actually why I went to. That's why I kind of rang in as well. Um, it's because, you know, over here, uh, as an EU citizen, you're allowed to stay in the country here for three months, up to three months. After three months, you have to get permission to stay. And there are three ways you can do that. Number one, you have a job. Number two, you have a lot of cash in your bank and you need to prove that so you can prove that you can, you know, take care of yourself. That you're not a burden and as such, yeah. That you're not a burden because you're not going to get anything off the day in the state. Or number three, you're married. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a difference because then obviously when you're married here, then your, 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 your wife in my case is, um, she has, uh, you know, she, she's, um, you know, care duty for me, if, you know, if I, whatever, you know, if I get sick or this mm-hmm. or that or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, so basically if, if you're not married, right, you, you, you need a job and, and basically what will happen and they can see in the system because of everything it's, it, you know, I was only listening to it actually yesterday on the radio here uh, in Denmark. It's one of the most digitalized countries in the whole world um, Denmark is and everything is interrelated you know um, so basically you know if, if you're if you're unemployed it shows up in the system they can see you're unemployed yeah. because you know and, and, and basically so, so, so if, if you're not working um, so they could trace you're, you're, you for, you could they could trace you from your passport number when you arrive in Denmark, all the way through all of your movements and interactions. Oh, completely, okay. completely. Okay, so it's it's yeah. the first thing. Any, anything, anything you do here, the first thing they'll ask you for is your CPR number, yeah. which is kind of like I suppose it's your, basically it's your date of birth with with, with four kind of pin code after that, and and they have everything on you there from that, you know. Okay. okay. And um, you know, you know, you have some people that think, oh my god, they can see everything about you and what you're doing and this and that, but you know, that's you know, it, it's just not the way it is over here. Okay. So you got a job when you went out there straight away, did you? I did, yeah. Yeah. I did, yeah. And and once you get a job, then you kind of you you, you come into the system. Then you're given then you're given that that CPR number, and then you're in the system. And that gives you access to, to almost kind of everything then. Okay. But not uh, handouts or the dole or anything like that. You're not going to get any of it. Because if you're not working, you're not entitled. You're, you're actually, you're, 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 not up, you're not fulfilling the requirements for permission to stay in the country and you'll be sent out of the country. Right, okay. So if you're not working, um, you're not married, and you don't have a lot of cash in your account, you won't have access to but- any... Yeah, okay. yeah. No, no, that's actually, well, well, 
it's different. It's kind of different because in Ireland you have the employers pay a PRSI, and that builds up your stamps. In Denmark, the employers don't pay any PRSI. It's you, the employee, has to pay to either the foul training or the side the foul training, the, the the union. So basically, you'd have the painters union or the you know the plumbers union or whatever. Or, or depending on what sector you're working in, there's there's a particular union. Mm. Now you can either pay the whole lot and be a full, you know, have full access to all the 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 the, 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 the things in 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 the union, or you can just pay to your um like it's kind of like it's, it's an insurance you pay every okay. Okay. month. Okay. And that 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 will entitle you then to up to two years of um of benefits if you lose your job. If you lose your job, but believe me, you won't you won't be in that position fairly long before they'll put you into work again. How would they do that? Well. And, yeah, and because basically the, the, the system, it's the whole. They know you're a painter, so what they'll do is they'll get you a job within the painting section. What they won't do over here is they won't kind of say, "Okay, you're a painter. That's your trade. Um, you're an employee now. We'll find a you know a kind of." Um, uh, some com- something completely different that has nothing to do with your trade. They won't do that. They they won't push in that direction. They'll get you another job within the the trade or within something your like trade. that. You know. And but did it take long for you to open up your own painting and decorating business? No, not at all. Uh, it's literally within. Uh, you know, it's it's literally. You know, you can uh, you just apply um, online and uh, you get a, a VAT number and uh, it's all. You see, it's all digitalized. It goes so fast. Everything but did, the, just did so fast. the business come in quickly for you? Were you busy straight away? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm just yeah, completely. I've never. I've you know, I've always said like the people here. Are you busy, Dave? I said I'm either busy or extremely busy, yeah. and that's the way it's been from day one. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, it's it's everyone I know. I mean, here I'm living on the island here in Bonholm, like painters here, there's just a company, you, you really, really, there's, there's a, such a, a need for painters here. There's a need for masons here. There's a need for carpenters here. There's a need for all um, of those here as well, though. We're very, we're very short of all of the trades. But you came back yeah. in 16 um, and you saw the state of the country. And I'm quoting you now, you say everything was getting mad. So we just came back. Even just trying to get insurance for your car. I was listening to the news in Ireland on your show every day, and it's crazy what's going on in Ireland. It's way too easy in Ireland for people coming in and getting handouts. But we're actually quite yeah. we're actually quite strict about people who come in here and apply for citizenship and what they have to go through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, it's just like you know, I, I know a lot of people. I actually know without saying any names. I know people uh, in Ireland, you know, um, that are um, not not Irish citizens and. Uh, came back in like around the same time I came back they came back worked for a year then suddenly were unemployed and they've been like that ever since and quite happy to do so because mm-hmm. they've said to me um, they've said to me you know when I'd kind of you know I'd be asking them you know did, did you get some work did you get sorted and they're kind of laughing they say no I'm I'm re- t- uh, early, early early retirement and quite happy to do so you know early retirement way off retirement age just Taking the well, benefits, yeah, yeah, or? exactly, exactly, and it just really that 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 attitude just really does my head in, uh, because um, you know that's what I'm saying over here. You know, you're unemployed. You've got a if if you haven't been paying to your your if you if you're not you know a member of the, of the union or paying to your insurance, you're not entitled to any money whatsoever. Mm. whatsoever mm. if you're not a Danish citizen. Yeah, but is there not? And, there must be some hardship then with people who have no work and no money. Here, yeah, 
Yeah, you will, you know, I mean, I, I lived in Copenhagen for years and uh, you have, you know, you have a lot of, you know, areas as well where, where there's a lot of unemployment and, um, you know, it's, it's yeah, a lot of it is, uh, um, I, I don't know what it is really because I'm, I always said, you know, I've often had to, said the argument, you know, I've come from Ireland, uh, couldn't speak a word of Danish when I came to Denmark, had to learn the language, had to get in, get working, I said, all these guys, you know, they, they're born with the language, they've grown up with the language, they should, you know, theoretically have, have a, a better, you know, bigger yeah. advantage than I have. Yeah. Just um, one final, so, final, what's the health system like then? You hear about the chaos in Irish hospitals and A&Es and things. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, 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 it's not as bad as it is in Ireland at all, at all, but it's, it's still under pressure. You still have, you know, the same kind of thing you have, uh, especially after the COVID-19, the COVID you had, um, you know, the, 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 um, yeah, the healthcare system is obviously under a lot of pressure. You, you do have uh, nurses leaving here as well, mm. um, uh, because of the, the hours and, and the pressure they were put under. Um, so, so it, it's under pressure. Uh, but nothing like what it would be in, in, in Ireland okay. at all, okay. at all, at all. So it's home for no. you. You tried to come home once, didn't like it, went back again. You won't be trying that again. No, it, it was just everything from, you know, uh, obviously um, uh, from from rent even at that stage. I mean, it, at, at that point, it was it was, it was was still expensive. But Did you buy a house uh, there? What's that? Did you buy a house in Denmark? Yeah, it's it's um yeah we've a house here uh, on the island. Um, it's it's paid for. Um, so um, all I need really is uh, just to kind of get by day by day and just get enough working just to you know pay the bills and stuff. You know, unbelievable, um, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Well, you see, here on the island, you get houses like you know you get houses here very cheap. Um, you see, we the first house we looked at here when we came back to the island in two thousand and eighteen, that was. Um, that was uh, 15,000 square meters of ground, um, 300 square meters of workshop, and, and the house, you know, it had a basement, uh, ground floor, and first floor. And that was uh, about 75,000 oh, euros for that. That's enormous for small, that's tiny yeah. money and, for something. So. Yeah, and, and you know the other thing, when you go down to the bank as well, right, this is the other thing. You go down to the bank, and because I was there in the bank with, with my wife, right, and all I want to see is just two months of pay slips, that's it. And then you, what they do to say over here, right? So then, then they say, look, um, okay. Then you 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 work out a budget for them, and you say this is this, this is how much I get every month. These are my expenses every month. So when I my expenses paid, I've got let's just say let's just say eight hundred quid. Then what you do is you go in. They, you you can access all the houses that were, for example, for for sale here. And they're they're lit up in a kind of a green, orange, and red. So basically, the green, like you've got eight hundred quid to spend after your expenses are paid. So they can they, they, it can tell you already yep, what houses the properties are, you're what you're, that you're, you can. It'll match the properties. Yeah, obviously the red ones would be that are the houses that'll be more expensive yeah, as well. Yeah, but yeah. but I mean that was it. it it's literally right. it like there was, it took about. Um, you know, you hear that young people as well just trying to get mortgages in Ireland as well is just, I, I'm just, I'm usually here bashing my head off the wall when I'm listening to it mm. because, as I said, it was literally went down to the bank um, there and then and I'd say within a week, less than a week, uh, well a week, just say a week, you've got um, you've got the green light, this is what you can afford, that's it, and the, the mortgage is uh, valid for, you know, you can go and look at whatever, it's, it's valid for that amount of money for, yeah. for six months, right? I think they could so, teach us a few things then. 
Yeah, definitely that way. Yeah. Jeez, because you know, you you know, listening at 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 home, um, obviously listening to to Irish radio every day and and follow the news and and I'm just thinking how it, it's just. There's going to be a civil war at some point in Ireland yeah. well, if it keeps we, going the way it's going. We do seem to just stumble from one calamity to the next. That's true. I'm, I'm aware yeah. of that. And I'm aware of not overloading people with, with negativity. Do you know what I mean? We have to try and yeah, look towards yeah. the positives as well. Yeah. Right, and I mean, man. don't give me right. It's not all hunky-dory here either, you know. But what right. I mean compared to Ireland, with a lot, it's just Jesus, you know. All right, my it, man. It's really, really hard. Yeah. And I'll let you get back anyway, to the yeah. paintbrushes and the rollers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, talk to you. I'll say hello to everyone in Cork. All right, Dave in Denmark saying hello to everyone in Cork. Fair play to you. Talking about everyone in Cork, as breaking news this morning, the two units of the county fire service have responded to a fire at the Stryker plant in Carrigtool. We've also received a text on it. It says, hi, Neil, fire in Stryker Carrigtool again in Tullagreen plant, fire department on site and guards as well on site. So that's breaking news yet another issue at the striker plant in Carrick Tool. Back after the break, text 0868104106. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818104106. Red FM. It's the story of Switzerland and also the story of Denmark. It's quite interesting because not too far from Denmark, I suppose, is Finland. And we were doing some comparisons as to how other countries do it differently to us with a similar, a similar, I should say, population. There's 5.5 million people in Finland. There's 5.1 million people in Ireland. Um, they have 11% of their housing in social housing in, Finbar, in Finland. 11% of it is social housing. Here in Ireland, it's 7%. Um, they have, you know, the HAP benefits. How many people by virtue of population in Finland can avail of HAP? 15% in Finland. 3% in Ireland. So they're much kinder to people with regards to helping them to, um, you know, pay monthly uh, accommodation bills and, and rent and what have you. Um, and then another quick one we looked at was the amount of people that are in uh, emergency accommodation are homeless. Uh, in uh, Finland, Finland, 1,122. Um, and in Ireland, 11,754. So a shameful disparity in the figures between Ireland and Finland, particularly with regards to homelessness, uh, emergency accommodation and homeless families. 1,122 versus nearly 12,000. That's scandalous. Uh, I'm in my late 40s with two kids and a mortgage. I feel I've achieved most of what I want to do in my current job. My family and friends are telling me that I'm too old for a career change. I'm depressed at this prospect of another 20 years in the same job. Has any of your listeners changed horse in their late 40s? All the best, says Alice. Well, that's a question we have posed uh, on social, and I'll be coming back to this topic with regards to people who have changed careers. I don't think it's ever too late, Alice. I think that you have your own mind made up on this, but unfortunately, you're listening to others who are telling you that you're too old for it. How in the name of God could you be too old for it if you're still in your 40s with another 25 or 30 years to work, and you hate the prospect and brings depression, the prospect of being another 20, 30 years in the same job? If you're asking me, I would say, of course, you should make a career change. You should be happy in what you do. You know, you're not serving a life sentence in that job. Do you have an idea as to what you would like to change to do? Tell us what is your current job and what would you like to change your career to do? Email neil at redfm.ie. Back to the phone lines we go. Cahill, good morning. Good morning. It was on a few weeks ago and uh, I was just listening to the man who was from Denmark and it's just... 
But we had two, we had two comparisons, the Danish comparison and the Swiss comparison then as well, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to talk about the Irish comparison because I was never in Switzerland or Denmark, but like I'm from a little town in Mallow, like Joe, and I'm born and bred here. I love my town, very proud to be from Mallow, but like, I, I know just recently, it just seems like a third world country. It's like a slum. Like, the, it's, I know, it just there seems to be no, hardly no Irish business. There seems to be all these pop-up Indian shops, Turkish shops, barbers. And you're kind of going, like, Mallow was such a, like, the industry in Mallow was fantastic with the sugar factory and the dairy, like, dairy goldens. I just feel, no, it just seems to be, like, a, a stop-off point for people just to live here and exist. Like, like you go to any council state in the town. And, like, there's all these brand-new jeeps and cars. You're kind of going, I'm working five, six, 12-hour shifts, night shifts a week. And I get taxed to the bollocks. And you're kind of going, where, like, where, where is this money coming from? Like, I but, mean, like, if you were, but if somebody's in a public authority house, right, then yeah. their, their income is being, mon- is being monitored. Um, and if they're not working, uh, they, they, they can't have these flash cars. Are you, are you, are you really 100%, seeing? 100%. Yeah, i tell you one thing. Like, I, I drove down Mallow the other day, right? And I actually just want to ring him, but I thought, no, I won't. Because I was kind of a bit angry. Like, but, yeah. like, I'm, like, like imagine, imagine going into your estate in the morning. And overnight, all this riffraff came into the town. All these, all these indigenous people. I don't know what, what, what you call them. And you're kind of going, who are these people? Like, see, well, why would you call them like, riffraff if you don't even know them? They could be the nicest. Well, people what I mean is, like, we like this Romanian people on the main so there you can't. They're not riffraff. They're human beings. Ah, uh, but Neil, you're making the town look dirty, man. Honestly, what? it's. Mallow, Mallow is such a it's such a lovely. How are they making the town look dirty? Like that's a very racist comment. They're not. I well, I don't think it is. I just think like begging and all that. I just think there's not in a small. Oh well, I mean you can up. you can you, it it's it's okay to say that you have too many people begging on the streets of Mallow. That's all right. But you know that that probably is a is, is probably doesn't look great and it certainly doesn't make it's the not, place it, it doesn't look great. a place that know, maybe gonna, like, you know you don't be plagued by people but maybe they're maybe they're genuinely people looking for help no they're not they get dropped off in the morning kneel by a group of lads and say oh these are Mercedes like the thing is if you're from the town you can see I'm okay so you like, okay forgive me I know I know I'm giving yeah. you the third degree but you've seen people being dropped off to beg 100% done by Tesco and it's always this woman with a yellow jacket going around the town oh please please money and you're kind of going like the elderly people who've worked all their lives giving this woman money, like you're kind of going like, but you're taking advantage. It's the same. It's the same in this country. People are taking advantage of our country, and it's like we're a bit of a soft touch. And like I said, in this town, if there was a mayor in town, they'd say, "Look, let's hang on a second. Like we need to, we need to, we need Mallow to survive. Like we need Mallow to be known as a as a as a like, as a an industrious town. Like but it just doesn't seem anymore. It's a very depressing place to live now." You know, and it's just you, you walk through town, you see hardly no Irish people like you did 10 years ago, 15, 20 years ago. And like I said, it's just, I don't know, like, like talking to them, like listening to them from Denmark, like the, way the Danish have it, like, you know, if, you, if you don't have income or. Yeah, but he's an Irish man in Denmark, you see. So yeah. how can you say well, that that's a good thing? Work, he went, yeah, to work. He, right. he went there to work. He's there 25 years. So he's made a life from. How can you come into Ireland without passports, without any identification? and get social welfare. Do you know what I'm saying? As I say, like, like as these asylum seekers come to the country with no documentation, right? They have no right to work and you have to be in the country and you see, I get permission. But like, what good? Like, it's just, if there's Irish people homeless, okay? And these are people who've been in Ireland probably a long time and they're on the system and they're probably working and struggling. How can a person come in to our town or into this country undocumented to be put up in like this apartment block above Boots by the Kentucky in Mallow and there's a group of men up there 
And I tell you, the, the amount of stories come out of here, I can't confirm it. I don't know about well, it. But you see, but that's I, the I, problem. You, you don't know what's true or a made-up rumor. Exactly, and I wouldn't unless I saw it. But again, that's still frightening. Like, I mean, I'm only 40 years old, six for four, man. I wouldn't walk down to Tonamella at night anymore because you just don't know who's about. Whereas years ago, 20 years ago, 10, 15 years ago, you could walk down to Tonamella. Not a bother. Yeah, you know, but, but just, you're, you're, you're just as likely to get a bad hammering from an Irish fella. Ah, uh, well, like, but absolutely, I'm not, I'm not saying that, Johnny. I'm just saying that at least you know the Irish person. <laughs> you know, I don't know, like, not a lot of people know what's coming into the town. That's what I'm trying to say. So There's you're saying no that maybe Mallow has lost, and towns like that, have, or maybe even Cork City, has lost its 100%. sense of community. Oh, oh, community, that's exactly But why can't we be, be a multi, multi-cultured community with people? Like, there's loads of people coming here to work or, or to study or, you know, like... And, and Neil, Neil, I'm not generalising. Multicultural would work if multicultural would understand everyone's... Like, if I went to any country in the world, I'd have to abide by their laws, their beliefs. I wouldn't be taking down statues of, of religious beliefs. I wouldn't be asking, like, you know, the, uh, the Angelus, which my grandparents used to watch to be taken down all this. If, if I'm Irish and I go to any other country, I have to abide by their laws. Okay. What I'm trying to say is there's people coming to our country. Okay, they, they, like me, look, there's, 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 out of 100 people, you're going to get, obviously, uh, some that are very genuine. They are escaping probably bad things. But you, like, as I say, you walk down the town, man, and you see they're outside the post office having the grey crack laughing away and you're kind of going... Who's they? Who, I, I tell you what, hold on there because I'm keen to finish the story properly after 11. Text 0868104106. Don't go anywhere. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. The Neil Prenderville Show, Red FM. Yes, indeed. Text 0868104106. I want to finish my conversation with Cahal, uh, who is talking about um, society in general, primarily his hometown of Mallow. You still there, Cahal? Yeah, yeah Neil. I was just thinking I'm out for a walk. Like, but, you know, we, we just cut the races, characters for a second. Because what I'm trying to say is that like, multi- multiculturalism will only work if everyone gets treated the same. Okay? Like, thing is, as, as I say, like, I mean, if, if everyone was around town driving brand new cars, then no one would feel kind of like, oh, well, you know, everyone else... But how could somebody going. that's on benefits be driving a brand new car? Me, like, you hear about these stories, well, the big well, SUVs, the big 4 by 4s like What? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I just something, I guess in days, people say, ask on your business. Ah, you're, you're racist and all that. It's easy to shut down a conversation, an open conversation with people because they feel like... that It's not, it's not about, oh, because I'm Irish and I'm entitled and all this, right? I, I, I've worked pretty much all my adult life, right? And so have my, my parents have walked in this town all this, right? But at the end of the day, right, like, I, I just can't understand, right, how, how like, as Irish people, we're just allowing this to happen. It, it is an invasion of towns. And there's no one standing to say, hang on a second, are you guarded at it? What are you coming here for? Like, what are you adding to the town? It's yeah. sort of cut out social welfare now. Not just really finished, right? Cut out social welfare and benefits, right? Why are you coming to Mallow? Do you know Mallow's history? Do you know about like, do you know No, but history? they might be willing to learn if they could get a job and settle down. Yeah, but you look at the, how many jobs are in Mallow at the moment. Not many. Mm. Not many. You so see, I'm my, my, my thought is that if you have somebody who's in, a, in, in social housing or public authority house and they have a big 4x4 SUV, they've got to be working to be able to afford uh, it. Neil, uh, no, look, I don't want to say You've got to be. So, like, how else can you afford it? Neil, just listen to me. Just listen to me. It's, 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 it's hilarious. Two, two Irish people to, 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 in disbelief of, like, how are people doing this? But they are, Neil. They, they are. This is happening. I think it's because, and the thing is, as I say, like, you go down Mellow Town there, and like I said, yeah, you've you seen all these people get out of, of like, high in the two stands, key sportages, and they're kind of going, I must be doing something wrong. 
I, I must be, I must be doing so. I must be on the wrong tax bracket. Because why am I getting taxed for maybe maybe I don't know maybe they are not yeah. paying tax maybe they're yeah. working and claiming I don't know yeah no Neil can I just say one thing right? I just want to say it straight out and whoever listen whoever knows me right the thing is at the end of the day Neil right well, you, you know, I know Derek Bly was on there quite recently and all that and so people have you know, people have whatever opinion about what he's doing all I think is he's bringing great insight to Irish people and not a lot of people want to see that insight and a lot of people want to accept this. But the thing is, people have to accept it. Because the thing is, as I said, I'm a proud Irishman, I'm a proud man. Like, I don't want my heritage or history, what we, like, what, not I fought for, okay? But people 100 years ago fought for, they fought for freedom in this country, for people to have, you know, have the rights that they have today. And what I think is, yeah, I know that. the more I, people I, I that you bring into the country, Neil, the more multicultural it comes into this country, the more beliefs are forced down our throats, we're going to go and hang on our cichlids. You come to our native country where we have our beliefs, where we have our rules and laws. If you want to fit into our culture, Okay, we accept you, but you have to. But I've never, I've sure. never met in all my years anybody who came here to live from another country who told me I had to change my ways. Never, never well, once. You're, 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 you're meeting the right people, because <laughs> uh, I worked in a hospital long ago, and the secretary told I where the statue of Mary gone, and they said that the family would give out about it and they'd take it down. Well, they shouldn't that's have. That's a fact. Neil. Well, they just yeah, shouldn't have. Full you're, stop. You're giving in to people. Neil. No, but but we're too soft. Uh, 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 well, we shouldn't have an apologetic nature like that. We just shouldn't. Well, we shouldn't, but we do. I, I apologize the whole time. Okay. I know. I know you're walking, but I'm keen to hear from other people as well. But I'd love you to hold on for a couple of seconds, if you don't mind, Sarah. Good morning, Sarah. Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Go. You're you're, you're Romanian by birth, but you're living here, Hi. right? And you wanted a, yes. a lot. A lot of what you wanted to say was Alina's story from last Friday morning, who's in the Commons Inn and looking for somewhere to live yeah. with her son, and she's pregnant with twins. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, you know, I hope she's well because she was due and she was supposed to give birth, and I hope she's well, and I hope to keep her well. But you know what I don't understand is in the past month. Since the year started, it's how much? Four months, right? The only thing that the only thing that we are hearing about Romanians is that uh, one slaughtered somebody on Borimana Road. All right. Well, we did, one, and uh, we, we, yeah, we yeah. heard, and that was awfully, yeah, awfully gruesome. Awful. Yeah, yeah. The other news was that there was some Moldavian citizen with Romanian citizenship who was. It's very yes, difficult for me to understand you, Sarah. I don't know whether it's the quality of the line or, or what, but... I don't know. I'll endeavour, anyway. Um, you're saying that all we're hearing is the bad news stories about all people. All the bad news stories. So in the past four months, like I'm telling you, the story with a man from Borimana, then a Moldavian citizen with Romanian citizenship um, released from prison for uh, rape, comes here and they say the first thing he's doing is raping somebody, Yes. then um, this lady with the twins and the kids, and we don't know nothing about her. We don't know who she is. We don't know where she's coming from. Well, we, we know she's know. Alina, for instance. She was telling her story yeah, of the conditions she was living in, which that's were all. appalling. Yeah, but what is she doing for a living? You know, for me to come here five years ago, I needed a lot of money to come here. Because to come here, I needed a place to a place to rent. Mm. I needed to pay the rent. I needed mm. to pay the um, deposit for the rent. Yes. I needed to pay a month in advance for yes, the rent. you did. I needed money to survive until I started to work. Right? Yeah. yeah. So that's a lot of money, right? And I am here, and I know that I can be here because I can afford to be here. 
because I'm working and I have some money to support myself. Okay, so you work, your husband works, you pay crazy rent like everybody else, you pay too much in tax like everybody else. So yeah, yeah. So you're exactly. not you're not a, an economic migrant nor a freeloader. No, I'm not. So I totally disagree with that. I think that whatever these people, even they are Romanians or whatever they are from, they are just looking for, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, breaches in the system, and they are going for them to exploit. Whereas you haven't applied yeah. for rent allowance or HAP or welfare or I swear medical card. I didn't even apply for rental uh, for rent back. I will, because you know, I will, because yeah. I'm paying rent, and the rent is not cheap. But everybody know, okay. Ireland is not a cheap country. For and Asian. what would be the attraction from people in Romania wishing to come to Ireland? Well, you know, Ireland is the hell for uh, you know the for the workers which are paying rent, and is the heaven for social welfare. Yet that's known overseas, is it? No. No, it's, you said Ireland is known as a haven for social welfare. Yes, it is. It is. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. You work to pay taxes. So from, from my point of view, if I'm looking around me and from the story that I've heard, it's, uh, for, it's, they are getting more money from the social welfare than, rather yeah. than they go to work. Okay. And what do you think that somebody like Alina should do? Because you were critical of the fact that there's no partner, there's no father no, for the son, there's I, no father for the twins. I I cannot say what she should do because, you know, I cannot be the one throwing with stones. But it's not fair for me either as a hardworking Romanian citizen to be here and, you know, to be embarrassed to tell where I'm from because everybody, you know, whatever they are doing, it creates stereotypes. Okay. And are you slow to tell people if somebody says, where are you from originally? Are you slow yes, to tell? To be, yes, I am. No, I'm telling, I'm telling where I am, but you know, I'm like, I have to think twice. I'm telling where I'm from because if I think for myself, I shouldn't be embarrassed because the Romanian people are hardworking and they are good people. Not all and of why are you embarrassed? Because this, the narrative or the story is, is, is by and not large this, negative. Not only this one, not only this one, okay? Not only this one. What else? Everything that they are doing, right? Like how I, how I told you at the beginning of the conversation. Whatever the man did in Morimana Road was Romanian. Whatever happened with the Moldavian yeah. who came here and raped a woman, yeah. Romanian. But you hear, you hear the, the all too often the stories of shoplifting or professional begging. Oh, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Now the story that I read yesterday when I uh, when I went on the news was that a 29 years old woman in Dublin is running a prostitution house. You tell me now when somebody says to me, "Where are you from?" And I say from Romania, you know, these things create stereotypes. Everybody will say, oh, she's another one. Yeah. So you see, there's your confusion, Cahal. Here's a woman who did come from Romania with her husband and probably her children. And both of them are working. No, Neil, no, there's no confusion. I I didn't generalize. I just told you what I saw in Mallow. I never said that Romania... No, but there will be a chance that if you saw Sarah walking down the street in Mallow... And, and, and a complexion Christian. would indicate that she was Eastern no, European. No, no. I have a friend, Christian, who works, who has children and all that, and he's Romanian. And he'd even say what that girl just said, that there, there is a stigma attached to it. But a lot of them are what, what that girl just said there. And you found the town of Mallow. And this woman, I didn't say all of them, Neil, I'm just telling you what I've seen, is that woman is giving 
her culture a bad name by what they're doing. They're exploiting people for money. And that's not fair. It's not fair okay. that girl right. students. That's what I was trying to say to you. You said I that they make the town dirty. I thought that they're was a very hurtful because thing. Because they're on the ground with their, with their fake leg and all that. And you're kind of, you're stepping over these people. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay. There should be no begging. In, in, okay, in hold Ireland. on. Just before you go, Linda, go ahead. Yeah. Hi, I just find everything that, hi Neil, I just find everything that Cahill has said, like, embarrassing as an Irish person. I know he's saying he's not racist, but he literally opened with, um, there are so many indigenous and Indian and Romanian people, it looks like a slum in Mallow, like to use the term slum while referring to people of that descent, it is automatically offensive, derogatory and racist. Um, I found him really, really lacking in compassion or any kind of awareness and scapegoating people who just look a little bit different or happen to be in different circumstances to him. But you just heard Sarah who did acknowledge and confirm that all too often it is welfare tourism that Ireland is known as some would say as Treasure Island for benefits. I think that... Everyone has an opinion about no. like, like in fairness, now she hasn't actually referred to people as like people as living in slums and making it sound dirty. Whatever what you say in this country, I know you're well spoken because you read knows you if you're a thesaurus, right? I might be great. She's not reading out of a thesaurus. She's talking from her heart, man. She's not talking from her heart. She's one of these ones that are just going to yes, people. Boot liquors. At the end of the day, I'm from a town. I Boot see liquors. the way it's gone, and I'm saying it straight. And if people don't like it, you don't have to label. No, it no. Well, you can include me in the bootlicker if you want as well, because yeah. I have a serious problem with freeloaders or economic migrants or yeah. people who are coming but here for benefits. I have a big problem with it. But I also have a, no. But I also have a big problem with people who look at the color of someone's skin, not realizing that they probably are hardworking, that they're probably pulling their weight, they're probably rearing a family, and by yeah, and large, I'm they probably have children in our schools. Yeah. But we look at their skin yeah. and say, "Oh, for God's sake, go back to your yeah. own country." I didn't generalize. I'm just saying there's a lot of people, I, that's why I said, if you listen, I said there's a majority of people have come into this town and it's it just, they're only there for the sake of the social rights. A lot of people who are there for but 20 years. But that is a generalisation. Just to say the majority is a generalisation. By but definition, there's going to be a majority. The majority like of people who are social rights who are Irish and the majority who work. So it's a majority. It's half and half. No, a majority is more than half. That's tech, That's the... That's oh, the Jesus, definition I, I, of more I than half. You, you have to be very careful. That's the problem in this country. You have to be very careful what you say because you don't want to insult my heart's own feelings. I said what I had to say. You can call me whatever you want. But you can call you anything. Like you were saying, what you were saying there. No, hang on in one second, Kyle. What you were saying there is I can say whatever I want and offend whoever I want, but don't you come back to me and criticise me for it because that hurts my feelings. Uh, but 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 there was a big there was a big response to the story from Friday, and a lot of it was quite negative towards somebody who would and no disrespect meant now, just saying like why why would you be here with the child and two more on the way, nobody to help or support the father's done a legger or the partner's not interested and 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 you're you're looking for a house here. Neil, I've been, I've been treated poorly. No, wait a second. No, Linda, so... You haven't been treated poorly, Cahill. Like, to be fair, you came on you know? and just How started you giving know? out. Do you know me, do you? Have you worked in but me? You're, 
Who's treated you poorly? Was it the people that you say make the streets dirty treated you poorly? Well, he has, he's because entitled to say that it's not the mallow. He's entitled to say that yeah, it's not the mallow that he remembers. But I mean, the mallow he remembers was probably the mallow in the 80s where, where like, the church was controlling everything and we had no, there was oh, not a single geez, person who looked any different to anyone else. Church was controlling who was coming to the town. No, can I, can I say something? Yes, okay guys, hold on a second. Let's hear it jump back in. And what, who's in the queue on, who's in the queue on the Tuesdays and the, who's in the queue on the Tuesdays and the Thursdays? Come into Mallow and have a look. And while what are you doing in the post office on Thursday or Getting pinned, massive taxes. You go down Tuesday and a Thursday and you see what's in the queue. And then you come back to me, all right? And what's in the queue? What's in the queue? Yeah, I need, I Can we stop saying what and say who? Because you know, these are people. As an Irish person that works very hard, okay? I think it's, I've mental health, as I said, I, 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 could be, I could be off on social, but I don't accuse to work. Right. Okay? And this is affecting my mental health the way this is, this is all going down in our country and we're okay. all saying it. Yeah. But you're not, you're not availing like, of anything okay. in the post office on a Tuesday. I'm nothing. Okay, yeah, you not, Like, do you not, hang on now one second, Carl. Do you not think that maybe it's other policy issues within our state that might be affecting 100%. you directly as opposed to but as listen. opposed to one second as opposed to people who happen to come here and for whatever reason probably want to work but sometimes uh, the state doesn't allow it come here I see you don't know everyone's situation the same way there's I don't that know come into this country there's people that come into this country undocumented with no things and they want to come into this country to add to our communities are you nuts why would they throw you documents if they went through that are you mad you're living like, in La La Land, girl. I tell you that you're living in La La Land. Well, you're saying you people are. aren't undocumented just because you see them on, like you see them walking along. You don't even know. <laughs> oh, like, where, are you you in the where, where are you living? No, genuinely, have you asked these people? You see, that's the problem, you see, if you make an assumption without knowing the story. How, how however, we do have well over 11 or 12,000 now who have arrived undocumented under international protection orders. They've been moved around to different towns and villages around yeah. Ireland without any vetting. We do not know... So their background. Hold on a second. No, let, let Linda respond. So, so that, that is... Like, to add to it, not take from it. She mad or what? No, she's not mad. No. She's not far from I'm, mad. She is. She's, she's talking. She's talking pure nonsense. And that's probably... Can, can, can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a minute, Can I ask you a minute? Can I finish Wait, there's no point, guys. There's no point. There's no point unless everybody just behaves and lets others speak. So hold on a second, Cahill, because I do want to let Linda... No, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. And I finish what I'm going to say, all right? There's people in this country, okay, that can see what's happening and are afraid of laser sending this what you just want <coughs> me, okay? I don't okay. care what being friends Okay, so you're brave okay? enough to say what others feel and don't I'm want. I'm brave enough to say it and I don't care what people think okay. about me. Okay. I, know what I, I know myself who I am and what I see. Linda, because I want to jump, I want to get Sarah an opportunity to talk again. Linda, what did you want to say? When we talk about, um, when we talk about international, um, not me. Yeah, go ahead, Lindy. I'll come to you in okay, a second, so sir. When we speak about international protection orders, they're very, very difficult to get anyway. And when they do, they're people seeing like, like absolute horrendous living conditions that often are caused by the West. Um, so, like, I'm sorry, but why, why are we the lacking the compassion to allow them? I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody should come into a country and tear up their documents on a plane. Yeah. Stop, 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 stop. All right, Paul, I don't think that's the majority, like, to be fair. No, it's not the majority. No, it's not the, it's not the majority. I'll come back in a second when I sort out these lines. It's not the majority at all, but because the majority of people who are coming here 
um, apply for refugee and asylum status from countries that are our, uh, their lives are at risk and but there are many with international protection orders awarded at airports in Ireland where they're coming from countries where there is no war uh, and they would be regarded as people say for instance um, you could say that many of them who actually do the tearing up of passports actually want a new life and a new start but if you start generalizing and say that all of them don't well that's unfair on the ones that do um, let me just get an opportunity to talk to uh, Sarah can you just clear those lines back there after the break because I want to finish with Sarah if you don't mind Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. Sarah's been very patient. Sarah, last word to you for now. Go ahead. Uh, thank you very much for reading out loud my message. Uh, what I want to say is that uh, it's not fair for us, the Romanian community, to go through hell because of whatever other people you, 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 yeah, you, you, it's the point you made earlier where you're saying that you yeah. are slow to answer where you're from because of the activities yes, of other Romanians. Yes, I am because the only thing that we are hearing in the past four months, it was like five or six stories, bad stories. I know. And, and just what's it, what's it like in Romania then with regards to health and housing and benefits? Uh, there is not such a thing. There is not such a thing. They have, they have benefits as well. Of course, that those kind of people that are running for benefits here, they are doing the same at home. Uh, I would like to know, I would like to know, I know the story of the lady, and like I told you, I, I, I wish her well, but I would, like the sto- I would like to know what is she doing for a living. I would like to know why, I mean... She's, well, she's so not, she's not working, need- she's on her own with the, with the seven-year-old, but I don't mean to, oh, I don't you want to overly personal. So- but you, your suggestion to her is to go home. I... I I, you know, I cannot tell her what to do, but what I suggest for her is look for a job. Why do you have one? I, you know, I have two kids here, and I would like one more, but I cannot afford it. Yeah. It's not that I cannot afford it now, but I won't afford it in 15 years when they will have to go to school and I will have to pay taxes for their scholarship and things like this. Okay. Okay, so that's kind of like so, um, ha- having having children. Afford, I don't yeah, do it. yeah, having children you know, without thinking as to not, whether you can afford them. Yeah. It's an affordability these days. Is the children's allowance in? Is the children's allowance in Romania? Yeah, it is not very substantial, but it is. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But is it fair to have children only for the social benefits? Uh, it's fair for her to be given a house in a country where she contributed with absolutely nothing. While I was here for five years with my husband, both with good salaries, and he contributed to the to the uh, to the with taxes for the price of a good house here. Is it fair for her to be given without doing anything? Yeah. Because yeah. what these people are doing, they're looking for breaches in the system. Why is she doing over there? And what is the breach in the system? Have another baby? Is it or hopefully have twins? And you. I don't know the whatever they are doing, how they are doing that stuff. It's not my it's not my concern. Yeah. My concern is why she she's gonna she and you know she's gonna be given a house, which is okay. Congratulations, but is it fair for Irish citizenship which doesn't ha- which don't have a house? Is it fair for me? Yeah. 
Because it's you're hard, working. Right? You're working. Because I'm working yeah. and I'm contributing hard money. Okay, okay. All right, thanks for that. Another text from a Romanian says, I'm yeah. Romanian, I've been living in Ireland for 10 years, working the entire time. I never got any kind of benefit or anything from the government. I always worked, paid my taxes and bills just because of what, when someone asks me where I'm from, I always say I'm from Cyprus. He's also ashamed to say he's Romanian. you see that? you see that? I asked all my colleagues if anybody's asking where I'm from to tell them that I am from Spain or something, you know? Spain. Because I can speak fluent fluent Spanish as well. So, you know, I won't have, uh, you know, I won't embarrass myself. Okay. So it's fair. It's not fair. All right. Thank you for that, Sarah. Appreciate it. And you too, Carl. Do you think that you're talking for other people in Malo besides your good self? You know, I can't talk for anyone here, but as I said, I just want to leave in this because I don't want to be Go ahead. No, I'm going to move it. Yeah. I know, no. But I never generalize. I'm just saying that a lot of people, I see, I'm just saying people have come to this country, okay, to escape, whatever. That's fair enough, okay? But there's a majority of people have come here as well to take the piss as well, all right? And like that that girl was saying there, she walks, she's paid taxes and all that. Why should you be entitled to everything when you do nothing, when you're not here for the right reason? And okay. the people in this country, Neil, that are, 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 are struggling. As I said, 13,000 people who have, who have worked, blah, 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 and maybe not. But like, why should they be homeless? Why should they be? Why should they be any different to anybody else? That's what I'm trying to say. All right, appreciate. It. Let's see if other people agree uh, or disagree. Text 0868104106. Just on, I know it was mentioned the uh, fire at Stryker. Reliable sources: the incident is at the Tulla Green plant. Last week's incident was at the Angrove. There are different plants, Neil, on the same campus. However, there was a machine with titanium that caught on fire. Uh, the fire has been contained. No injuries. Um, Again, titanium. The the last the one last week was a titanium fire as well. Anyway, thanks for that update. I hope that there's nobody injured and everybody is safe. And speaking of fighting fires, of course, the fire brigade are there and many units of the fire brigade are there. And somebody says by text, I just passed the fire station on Anglesey Street. Can we please get people to support the firemen and the firewomen? We used to be a strong union country. Now we seem to be caught up in our own little worlds. We should be like France and support our fellow taxpayers. Um, they're out, of course, um, uh, picketing. This is the off-duty off shift. It's not as if anything is, is suffering with regards to cover, um, you know, or productivity. The, as the off-duty shift comes off their shift, they then picket and so on and so forth. Reason why? Well, when Cork City Council got a bigger um, coverage, uh, moved further out into the county, Ballincollig became part of the city. And Cork City Council, or those that manage the city, Closed the fire station in Balancholic. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818-104-106. Back to the phone lines we go. Tom's on line four. Tom, thanks for your patience. Go ahead. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's tell you the truth. Hold on. He seems to be a bully for the start off. And... Um, he wouldn't give anybody else a chance to speak. but he I managed it as best I could. My apologies for that. I try and do the best I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was probably surprised that you actually allowed him to get away with what he did get away with. He's also racist because, like, he made no mention whatsoever of our own bums and degenerates and beggars on all that. The crowd that will never do a day's work in their life, that just live off the state. And they do it from an early age. Just to give you an example... Two weeks ago, I walked down Turkey Street out, and when I said, yeah, now, it's because I'm sitting quite close to Turkey Street now at the moment. Right. I walked down Turkey Street, and um, 
this young couple came up towards me. She was probably around 17, tops 18. He was probably around 19. They had two children. Eh? And uh, he says to me, Irish, but not cock. Excuse me, he said, uh, so could you tell me where the dual office is? Mm. This is these hours. Well, could you tell me where the dual office is? Mm. So I said, I pointed him to the direction to go up Hanover Street and mm. top left and go over. Yes. And he said, um, will there be much no trouble, he said, getting money here, he said, getting dual here or something like that. I said, I wouldn't have a clue, he said, to be quite honest, I'm so glad, and that's the interest idea, I said. Mm. I said, I find it in the direction where you want to go, and I said, there's a people that will answer your questions here. Yeah, fair and enough, that's a reasonable response, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I said, good luck, and I walked on, and uh, walked on, so like, that's not, that's not, that's not a unique story here in Cork or in Ireland with Irish people. This that's, is a, this a is a young man with children, is it? We're looking for directions to the doll office. Two children, yeah. two children, a baby, a baby, probably, probably less than two months old. A, a, a little baby. Yeah. So that uh, makes his situation. That makes his situation desperate. Yeah, and another child then. That was a toddler, probably, 18 months or so. So he's automatically a freeloader in your eyes, is it? No, no, I didn't say that. No, I didn't say that. No, don't, don't, don't put words into my mouth. I'm just saying that he's, for the start of, they have two children. He's probably 19 and she's probably 17. I find that not really acceptable. Ah, uh, but I find it right? very, it's very sad, though. What prospects have they got? Yeah. A nineteen so and a seventeen-year-old so with two I. kids looking I'm for the door. I'm not saying that. I, I, I'm not. I'm not criticising them. I'm telling you of a scenario. I yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? There's no future for that girl. There's little future for him. If at nineteen years of age he's looking for the door office. Yeah. Yeah. I hope he sticks. I hope he. I hope he sticks. I hope he sticks around. And I'm quite sure. That he will, I mean, I can't say with any amount of certainty, but I hope that she's just not left on her own in the coming weeks or months, you know? I hope that they're in love. Well, I mean, that, would, that wouldn't be unheard of, like, hell either, would it? No, that's, unfortunately, that's no, common, all too that's often. That's a common occurrence, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is, yeah. is, is, is that a relationship lasts for probably 12 months at least? He's oh. his buddies off going to the pub and going wherever, like, kind of, and... You well, no, I, may, I know, know. I mean, I don't want to be honing in, but at least it's an anonymous tale you're telling. We don't know the people. But that he's, you know, he, I that, don't the, know that he'd no, have I the maturity to path. stick around and to pull his weight because all too often you hear the stories of the young girls on their own. Certainly, you know, the Alina on Friday morning. Um, I don't know the whole story, but she has a seven-year-old son and is pregnant with twins and there's a sign of a man. Yeah, well, I, I, like, I mean... I, I don't know. There's, there's, I think there's enough been said about that, uh, about that case anyway. Right. Like, okay. and then okay. um, well, I think personally, I'm not saying that you shouldn't say any more about it, right? But yeah, um, yeah. yeah. But you I did, guess, you, you yeah, did ask the question. What about the Irish freeloaders? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, there's plenty of them there. We know, we know for a world. There's plenty of them. There's plenty of people who from birth. To death, we'll never walk there. Yeah. 
But we'll with, know the, that. With, the, with the housing crisis, though, or a health crisis and all sorts of crises in the country and our own young people legging it to Australia, um, we, can't, we can't accommodate every single person that wishes to come here, surely be to God. We just I think, can't. I think, I think, I think, I think Thomas Gould made a good response to you yesterday about that, right? Well, he said, uh, it's a, very much what he said was that we can accommodate everyone. We just don't. What about the 135 houses? There's 135 houses that you were talking about. Yeah, that, I, yeah that's it. But that's yeah. a drop. I know that. But that's only a drop in the ocean. You know, if, if uh, there are 100,000 Ukrainian war refugees here. Now, I know they're not living in houses, but they are in all sorts of temporary accommodation and many will choose to stay. So they will be looking for housing stock. You have many people coming in every single week who want to start a new life here. Um, unfortunately, yeah. they, they may for a while get a job, might fall through the cracks. So there also has to be housing stock for them. You have the international protection orders who are just rocking up and tearing all their paperwork and they're being moved into communities like Cahill said in, in Mallow. And, you know, he, he says... Get building. Get building. Build yeah. houses. Build yeah. houses for people. And and give them the house then, is it? Give people houses. That's give what, give that's, them. That's what, that's what people deserve. Okay. What what, people what, what, how would the people who, who worked all their life then and got their own house and built their own house and put up their own roof and paid their own mortgage, how are they going to feel? They're going to feel like fools, aren't they? Well, I would feel, I, I would feel all right about it. How would you feel? No, I'm just saying those that, well, it would actually give the message, don't work, don't try and get ahead. Don't try and have a better life for yourself because the state will look after you anyway. How would I feel about that? I wouldn't want a life yeah. like that. I wouldn't want to live like that either. But I'm quite happy with the life that I created and the fact that I bought my own home and that I helped my, children, my, my married children to buy their own home. Fair play to you. But, but at the, yeah, but at the same time, if, if everybody that wishes to come here and those that are already here are told, you don't really have to work, you don't have to you know work hard in school or get a job or... You really don't because you're a fool because it's, uh, it's a much easier way. Well, when it comes down to the people who came here, that's a, that's a political issue now. That's a political issue now like that. Like, we have Martin and Bradcliffe wanting to be the poster boys of Europe, right? They'll allow anything to come into this country. They will do nothing to fly in the face of DEC. They'll do nothing at all to do uh, to play in defence of the EU. Okay. They'll accept everything that comes. Okay, it's a political right. decision. All so right. leave them deal with leave them deal with that. All right, but well, it doesn't stop people having an opinion on it. But appreciate yours, though. Thanks, Tom, as always. Just with regards to Tommy Gould on yesterday's programme, Tommy's talking dib- gibberish. We've done nothing like what's going on. We've have done We have done nothing like what's going on now. If that makes any sense. We were emigrated. Yes, we emigrated and we worked hard. Uh, we got nothing for free. This country is making it attractive to come here and live off the state. Tommy turned his back on a lot of people in Cork over the years. And I was one of them. He used to stop talking and making comparisons with America. Tommy Cooled is talking tripe. Uh, the Irish never got a free house in any country they ever emigrated to. Uh, I'm not so sure it's fair to say that every, you can't say that everybody that comes to Ireland or moves to Ireland gets a free house. It's just not that straightforward. Uh, are all those Irish in America getting free homes, cars and health and education? 
answer, of course, to that is no. Uh, can you ask about the hundred and odd empty new units in BlackRock by the credit union that are fully furnished and empty? Well... It doesn't surprise me. Uh, I'd like to remind people that when Dean Rock Estate in Toker and the houses in Mayfield were built in the 1970s, they were temporary modular houses. Yes, they were. Uh, they're still there 50 years later. The modular houses in Mahan will be there forever, being made permanent properties over the years to come. Same as Toker and Mayfield and Ballyvalan. That's fair enough to say, but if you have you seen the size of the modular homes that have been put up in Mahan, I mean, good God almighty... They're little one-bedroom shoeboxes. Tommy Gould cannot compare America to Ireland. We're an island. Also, my father went to England in the 1960s, but he worked. And I can tell you, he worked really hard. Uh, one or two more. Thomas Gould says there's no problem with houses. And the last time he said there were no houses. Which is it? There are thousands coming in here every week. How can that be sustainable? Can the man not even count? Back after the break, text 0868104106. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818104106. Red FM. Then, of course, you've got people who just take advantage of people who find themselves in need. And apparently, uh, there is a very effective and very positive um, Facebook page. I don't have the full name of it. I think it's called Cork Rooms, Flats, and Rentals. And they share all sorts of information and tips with people. And you can put up a room or you can put up a flat or whatever the case may be if you've got it for rent. But unfortunately, it all too often attracts shysters and gangsters and crooks and people who um, are trying it on and they use stock images of, of the inside of houses or apartments to try and get people to part with their hard-earned cash. Um, and there was an interesting one that was uh, posted up there recently where one of those involved in the group had to come on and say, just letting you know that this profile was banned from this group around four months ago. And the profile uh, is somebody who says that they have um, a, an apartment for rent, €550, Euro, including bills in Balafihan, right? And they got photographs of it and everything up there. Um, it's so stupidly done because a lot of it seems to be in uh, some kind of Italian or, or Spanish or some international language like that. So clearly it's somebody overseas who's created this fake page or this fake profile or this fake property to try and get people part with the money. And the way they make you do that is they make you give a 100 euro booking fee. Right, And then you get your own slot then because they'll be showing the property to so many people they need to reserve the slot for you. Uh, I get so many requests, it's hard to manage time for everyone because there's an accommodation crisis. Uh, so I charge a fully refundable fee just to confirm your visit. Like, yeah, right. Uh, and you know, if you're lucky enough or you decide to take the property, the 100 euro will be off your first month's rent. All that kind of gibberish and that guff and it's of course... It's totally fake, um, and unfortunately, people then who are so desperate give over the hundred euro, think that they're getting an appointment. They probably are given an, uh, an appointment because there's an address, address, and everything. Uh, but when you rock up for the apartment, of course, there's nothing to rent. But then, if you look at some of the responses on cork rooms, flatmates, and rentals, it's it's a fabulous um, tool, really, an aid to people who are looking for somewhere to live. An awful lot of people are absolutely desperate. And there are Irish people looking, but an awful lot of international people are either here or coming here from all over the world. And they're talking about the amount of money that they have to spend. One poor man's fortune says that their budget is 500 euro. Uh, another person is talking about, uh, uh, you know, even, even less than that. And other people are just texting them back saying, you know, think twice if that's all you got to spend because you ain't going to get anything for that kind of money in Cork. But a lot of people coming over... Um, who are uh, students who are looking for a room or a house share and things like that. 
Um, it's very sad, really, when you go through them, reams and reams of people sharing their photographs and their life stories and looking for somewhere to, uh, to live or to rent. Uh, many of them who are planning to come here. Uh, and I'm wondering if they're doing the research as well as they should. Text 0868 Pick up the phone on 0818 And with the phone in mind, we have a €200 Euro gift card for Kilkenny Design to give away every day this week. And each day we, t- we take a different theme from Kilkenny Design with regards to what they sell. Yesterday we looked at jewellery. Today it's wellness. So within the wellness area from Kilkenny Design, the KilkennyShop.com, they've got candles and diffusers and skin care and bath and body uh, products and lots more. And you can even take a look online at their online shop, which is KilkennyShop.com. So today it's wellness, which means it's three songs with wellness in mind. So call a nine, get the artists and titles in the correct order. And there's a 200 euro gift card for Kilkenny Design in it for you. Uh, so get to, have a listen, get on the phone, call a nine. All right, those three songs. Relax and eat turn Artists and titles in the correct order. Pick up the phone, caller 9-0818-104-106, a €200 Euro gift card for Kilkenny Design. A text from this morning, plain and simple, you're full of SHIT. You, as in me, should be standing up for Ireland. You live here, you work here. Have some pride in your country, will you? I'm from Mallow. Went to Tesco the other night. No lie. It was all single male immigrants. Mm-hmm. I'm full of SHIT. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. Uh, when asylum seekers come to Ireland, they are told to maintain their culture. Hence, begging and other activities. As Ireland wants to preserve their culture. Uh, but there's never any mention of adopting Irish customs and culture. Our country is becoming overcrowded, dumping ground with no end in sight. Whoa, lads, that's heavy duty. S-H-I-T, in my opinion. You know, I see an awful lot of people who do come over here from other countries who do adopt our cultures and they, you know, a lot of them actually take up playing our sports. Uh, that man is right about Romanians. I worked in a supermarket and the Romanians were lethal for robbing. Well, you wouldn't include Sarah in that, who's a Romanian, would you? And she's working and rearing a family. So that's why I worry about generalizations. But anyway, lethal for Robin and very saucy with it. Uh, this was somebody who worked in a supermarket. I was also living next to them and, they were, and I was plagued. Uh, I won't come on as you would be, you, as I would be called a racist for telling about my experiences with them. I also saw a documentary about how the begging Romanians went back home and bought mansions. I hate our country now, says Lisa. Uh, they're letting in riffraff. I had to move from a beautiful house in Balancholic due to druggies next to me. I moved to East Cork to Romanians telling me that I shouldn't have painted my fence at my side, to looking in my windows when I arrived home too early one day to see what I had done to the house when I'm looking in my window. I'm still getting post addressed to my house after years. And the list goes on and on. Sadly, she hates our country now. Uh, you asked how some people can afford this kind of stuff. Uh, Did you not know we have a huge black market economy in drugs, tobacco and cigarettes, says Desi. Well, I was asking, how could it be if people say you go into housing estates and you see people who aren't working or shouldn't be working or on disability and they're driving big brand new shiny SUVs. Uh, When my child was in school, foreign children's parents objected to morning prayers, objected to statues and said religion classes were interfering with their children's learning. 
Uh, please tell Neil to differentiate between Romanian nationals and Romani gypsies, which are two completely different ethnic groups. Thank you for that. Text 0868104106. I'm happy to pick up on it again uh, first thing in the morning. A little bit uh, of housekeeping before I love you and leave you for the day. Oh, that's the second one. Love you and leave you. Uh, I need to keep my mouth shut. That's two this morning. Actually, I can't even say that because I'm helping you with regards to the Neil Prendival bingoisms. But uh, I'm just very aware of how much I say the things that you claim that I say, to be honest with you. But anyway, Paula. Hi, Neil. All right. Fast on the finger. Okay. A 200 euro gift card for Kilkenny Design. Are you ready for the songs? Yeah. You shout them out as you hear them in the correct order. Here we go. I think you said take it easy be the Eagles at the end you know your music yeah. okay what's your favourite music decade incidentally um, the 90s oh, uh, it, <laughs> apart, apart from maybe Oasis and Blur and another few like that yeah. <laughs> 80s girl all the time <laughs> yeah. Anyway, 200 euro gift card for Kilkenny Design. Check them out online and see how you want to spend it. Kilkennyshop.com. You're welcome. Thank Thanks you. for listening. Thank day three Day three tomorrow, we'll another set of tunes for you. Um, and we'll come back to it then. A lot of texts and emails this morning, which I will come back to in the morning. I don't have any further details with regards to Stryker at this point in time. But remember, I was talking about switching careers earlier on this morning. We started actually with people switching lives, going to Switzerland, going to Denmark. Oh, then another lady then sent an email saying she hates the job she has and she's in her 40s and she can't think of another 25 years working in this same job. But her pals and her family are saying to her, don't change, you're too old to change. I don't think you're ever too old. Uh, Carrie, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Um, career changes. Uh, what have you got yep. for me on that? Well, personally, that, that post struck a chord with me and I had a similar decision to make. Um, I'd worked for many years in retail and sales when I kind of counted it up. It was 30 years, which was frightening, really. Um, but I suppose it was in my late 40s. And, and I where decided, were you like, all those years? Oh, my God. I was in the institution of Cork Roach Stores. Oh, I started off there. <laughs> I loved Roach Stores. Did you love working there? I did. It was absolutely fantastic. Best place in the world. Oh, to work. my fabulous. God. Roach's Stores was great. It really was. It was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. You know, so um, I suppose when you're raising kids, life passes by very quickly and you kind of get stuck in a routine. And I made a decision um, then just a couple of years ago that I wanted to do something different for myself. That yeah. I didn't want to kind of do the next 20 years kind of doing the same thing. So I actually enrolled in a culinary course in the CIT. Um, so that was life changing, really and truly. I absolutely love it. Did you always um, have an so interest in food? Um, I had an interest in eating it, certainly. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I always, like, I suppose, I never did home economics in school, which I suppose was a fair surprise to my mother, right. like, you know, yeah. when I kind of went down this road. So the um, culinary course just, in CIT would train you up to what standard? Well, you can get up to chef standard with it to like fully qualified. And what I found actually was brilliant was I accessed it through a springboard course, which would be um, it's EU funding courses that you can access third level education. And that there's a number of different courses that you can do in different industries. And it was just the culinary that they were offering out right. of the CIT. Yeah. So I started on that and it was like, there was a number of, there were, the age range in that course was from 18 years of age up to mine, which was 49. Right. So you, know, you were so 49 when you made the career 49. change. Okay. I did. And what job Absolutely. did that lead to then? 
Well, I'm currently working as a breakfast chef in Barnabrow Country House and I do the pastries and the desserts for the afternoon teas and the tea rooms. I'm hearing a lot about Barnabrow. I'm told they do a kick-ass Sunday lunch, do they? Unbelievable. I heard that, yeah. Is it very busy down there, yeah? We would be, yeah. We've built up a great trade with the Sunday lunch and we opened up the tea rooms there last year and we're really busy now with afternoon teas on a Saturday and a Sunday. We're just open at the weekends. At I the heard it's fan. Um, I'm going to get down there one fabulous. of these days. Oh, you have to. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. So you do your, brec- your breakfast chef. Breakfast chef and I do the pastries for the afternoon tea as well. And do you love it? And the tea rooms. I absolutely love it. It absolutely was a change of life for me. It really gave me a new lease of life and it was something that I find very rewarding and very creative. So it was like it was a brave decision to make to actually turn around and decide that you were going to change from something with so much routine and when you've got responsibilities and, you know, bills to pay and mortgage and everything else. Um, But it was just something that I said, okay, do I do this for the rest of my life or do I make change? And And it was the best thing. And tell me, because I read that email earlier this morning from somebody who's probably similar age to you, probably has been working away just as long as you, but it's her family and friends are saying, you're too old to be changing in your late 40s. Well, I was lucky. I suppose it's, you know, listen to your gut. You know, if if you're burnt out from what you're doing, you know, you need to make a change for your own self. It really doesn't do you good to be, you know, having to deal with something that you really don't love. I was lucky I had my husband supported me 100% in making a change and, you know, there was adjustments kind of had to be made while I was studying and and different things like, and I suppose going just back to the springboard, a lot of those courses are part-time so you can actually, that they're two days a week in the college. And CIT. So that you can, and the CIT, and it would be UCC as well. It's a number of different courses, Um, but you can work as well. So it's not that you're losing your whole income while you're moving and towards... And was there, there was no kind of pushback at your age where they weren't looking for someone 20 or 25 years younger for you than you know? Nothing like that? Well, I actually brought that up with one of the lecturers on the course and her words to me were, that, well, there's horses for courses. You know, that there's something there for everybody. Like, obviously, I'm not going to be at my age. You know, I'm in my early 50s now looking, chasing Michelin stars. But, <laughs> you know, there's... Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, though, is that, you know, somebody my age, you're reliable. You turn up for work. If you're going to do something, you'll do it. You have a very good work ethic. Good for you. you know, What's so your speciality? With... <laughs> 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 Chocolate marquis and lemon tarts. <laughs> oh, I love a good lemon tart, me. <laughs> There's nothing like it. So there isn't absolutely oh cooked perfection. They're absolutely I'm sure you're. I'm sure you're killing them down there in Ferris. <laughs> as they say these days, you're smashing it down in Barnabra. That's it, yeah. We won't talk about cholesterol. <laughs> Forget about that. What's that? That's a foreign That's language. Uh, anyway, anyway so, exactly. so listen, your recommendation would be, regardless of the age, make the change. And in your case, Google CIT or UCC. Yeah, there is. There's a number of things there. There's the, um, it would be Springboard Club plus the Citizens Information um, actually have loads of information. And there's also another website, Mature Students Ireland. Fair play to you. You know, that there's loads of websites there and there's loads of support there to actually help people decide what they want to do as well. All right. You know, so it doesn't have to be down the culinary route, but there's a number of different industries that are open. I'll let you get um, back to your lemon tarts. Excellent. We'll see you soon, Neil. Cheers, Chef. Take care. <laughs> Thanks, Carrie. Uh, lines are open. You can text 0868104106, particularly if you have a story to share regarding career changes, um, whether you're planning it or you've done it and how it's worked out. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.